Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss a unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Howdy, Eric. You know, I'm looking at you, and just to paint the picture, Ward has left Los Angeles for a couple months during this quarantine lockdown while the whole world is topsy-turvy, upside down. And he has gone to basically the most beautiful place within a three-hour uh, stretch uh, radius of Los Angeles. 90 minutes. It's amazing. It, I mean, his background looks like he's sitting in front of a green screen with a beautiful forest behind him. It's just gorgeous. And I am sitting in my bedroom because my computer won't charge properly and there's too much echo in the other room. So Ward is literally between my legs right now. Finally. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> it's, it's, it is beautiful out here. You know, you've been out here before. I never had been. We took a flyer when we found out no camps for the kids, which it looks like it's reversed now. But at the time we did this, we were oh, like, is it? Th- there are some camps coming back. I think it's under the guise of like daycare or what oh, have you. But my, my kids' camp's totally canceled. Yeah, it's daddy camp with, with daddy oh. Eric. We're on day one. Camp, camp daddy. Yeah. But it's tough to to just take your routine in L.A. and plop it into a different place, especially one that's so beautiful. And you're like, wait, why am I in here working and yelling at my kids? This is what we did at home. It's supposed to be different here. Yeah. And now you're paying an additional, you're, you're paying a premium to yell at your kids in a beautiful place. It's ridiculous, but we do we do have the beach access cards now, which we had to lie to the, the Lake Association to get and say we were going to be here for longer than we were. We conspired with the homeowners nice. so we could get to the water because, as you know, it's a private lake and not they wouldn't let riffraff like me in unless there was an elaborate scheme afoot. <laughs> um, but we have gotten down to the water, and it's like, okay, the good vibes are starting to take hold. And You didn't just put on a Hoosier Hysteric shirt, walk down to the main guy and say, dude, uh, this is me. No, no, I what wanted to get here? in. I was trying to gain <laughs> access, not be banished. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, we got a really fun one today. But before we get into the fun one, uh, we should, of course, tell people that we are powered by... Let's see if Zoom will handle this. You got to give me a cue if it if it starts to go haywire. Okay, thumbs up if I can hear you. Okay. Thumbs down if it's gone. I'll give you kind of a so-so sign if it's in and out. Okay. Powered by Pete. 
Yeah. 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 We nailed it. Yeah. That was pretty good. I mean, you could tell it was fighting you a little bit, but I think the lower register works better. And honestly, it was a real mind trip because I thought the computer had froze (laughs) and you were, you, you had froze, but the tone was still coming, but it was the same tone. And then you moved in. I was like, okay, we're still in business. Yeah, we're, maybe, maybe we're still in business. I don't know if anybody <laughs> listens after that. I think that's, if we looked at like the line chart of viewership, it probably, listenership just hits the shitter the second I start doing that. It's it's just my, what keeps me up at night is how many listeners do we lose? They never get to like a great, insightful, wonderful human story waiting for them like five minutes further down the line because they were like, oh no. I was going to say, I like the idea that there's like somebody out there who wants to listen to a really good conversation with great people from Indiana past, but every they, they're just telling themselves maybe they stopped doing it. <laughs> and every time they just come back and they hear it and they're just out, they just can't deal with it. <laughs> I, I want to meet that person. Well, if that person already bailed on us, they're going to miss out on their chance to own a piece of Hoosier history at collegegradshop.com forward slash hysterics. What can they find if if they made it and they get there, though? Oh, they'll find glasses. Many glasses. Wine glasses, tumblers, pint glasses. I'm pulling up a text from our good friend Evan Martin at Community Cars because he sent me a really nice message about our podcast uh, that was really sweet and really nice. Mm, I'm already suspicious. And then he said, it, it was really nice. It was like several texts about how much he likes it and enjoys it and looks forward to it. And really sweet. And thank you, Evan. Thank you, Evan. And then, and then as I was feeling warm and fuzzy, he then hits me with other than whoring yourself out for glassware. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's fine, Evan. That's fine, Evan. But you're missing out on a chance to own a piece of Hoosier history. That is true. You love those glasses. I love those glasses. I use them all the time. My kids want to use them. I do not let them. I do not let them use the glasses. I will not let them use them in a house. I will not let them use them with a mouse. <laughs> it's a family heirloom. They can have them when you die. Yeah, everything they touch breaks. I mean, everything they touch breaks. It's incredible. Um, Speaking of children, you have a story about our good friends, the <laughs> goons. I, we do. We have to share this story. So everybody knows the New York goons, I think. We've, we've referenced them several times. It's been a while since we really gave them their due on this show. But just to quickly remind people, these are four gentlemen that we did not know uh, a year ago, you know, 10 months ago. We did not know these gentlemen existed. They are four very good friends from New York City. I think th- are three of them on Long Island now, and one of them is in Connecticut. I believe that's Correct. what it is. Correct. We met them at the event back at the the Bluebird weekend back in November. They were fans of the podcast. They hated that I hated the song and they loved Ward's song. And that's, they like busted my balls the first night we met them. I I, I knew I liked them instantly. (laughs) I knew I hated them instantly, but they wore us down. We just became incredibly close friends immediately, much like other friends we've met because of the IU community, like Evan Martin, who I met for a weekend at the fantasy camp, or Jared Morris, who we've become friends with. Or Archie Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. Same exact thing. So we have stayed in very close touch with the goons. And the goons 
really enjoyed the podcast. But when I was in New York for some work at the end of the year, my girlfriend and I went out to dinner with the goons and got to really know them a little bit more. And it was in this dinner that they told me a story of how one of the goons, and they were like embarrassed to tell me, one of the goons gave up on our podcast for a couple months because we had Dan Dockage on. Not the siren call, Dan Dockage. No, not the siren call. He had a personal vendetta. And look, we all know that Dan Dockage is polarizing. Well, he polarized the hell out of this gentleman. They had a huge Twitter war, email war, and radio war. Like, one of the goons was on the show and was mentioned on the show, and, it, and Dockage went after him, and he went after Dockage, and it was ugly. And this has been like a boiling vendetta for, since that happened, which was already a few years ago. Yeah, predated this podcast. Totally. But, and so then these guys, these goons, they find the podcast, they love it, but then we have Dockage on, and one of the goons, the one that got into it with Doc, swears us off. Okay. He gets to know us. We're back in the saddle. He's listened to the podcast again. Cut to about two weeks ago, it was this specific goon's birthday. And his goon friends thought, wouldn't it be great to make use of this new service called Cameo? And for those of you who don't know, Cameo, which I think is hilarious and also abhorrent at the same time. And, and it, brilliant. Brilliant and abhorrent, all at the same time. <laughs> it is a service where, and I'm using finger quotes here, celebrities can go on and charge money to send messages to people. So you can go on and get a message from any number of celebrities and get them to say whatever you want them to say for a fee, and the celebrity sets their own fee. Well, guess who's on Cameo? None other than Dan Dockage. So three of the goons thinks, think it'll be really funny to send Dockage a message, book him on Cameo for the bargain price of $40. And they sent him a message. So you, you go online and you fill out a form where you tell him what you want him to say. And what they said to him was, coach, it's our buddy Mike's birthday. He hates your guts. Please tell him you hate his guts and you hope he has a terrible birthday. Good friends. Good friends. So perfect use of this great service. Dockage gladly takes the money <laughs> and then records a video where in the video he says, hey, Mike, <clears throat> I understand it's your birthday. Your friends, the goons, wanted me to tell you I hate you and it, I wish you a terrible birthday, but I'm not going to do that. Why do you hate me? You don't even know me. If we got together, you'd love me. I'm one of the top five guys around. Next time we're together in Bloomington, we'll go to Nick's. It's on me. Happy birthday. He took the high road. He took the high road. So they get the video, the goons do, 24 hours before the other goons' birthday, and they watch it. And the thing that sticks out to them is that he says, hey, Mike, your friends, the goons, wanted me to blank, blank, blank. The main goon who organized this, this little uh, birthday gift is blown away because he didn't tell Dockich 
that they were the goons. How in the world did Dockage know that they were the goons? Flabbergasting. And it consumed the goons' thoughts for about 48 hours. It becomes the goons' birthday. They send the video. They then send the video to us so that we can see. We get a kick out of it. But then they tell us, listen, we need your help. We don't understand. How in the world could Dockage have known that we're the goons? You guys created the goons, right? We came up with the name that, of the that, goons. Right on air, I believe. Yeah, we're the only ones who call them the goons. <laughs> yeah. How does Dockage know what is happening here? There's some, either he's got some incredible mind power, or of course I then go to, because I'm an <laughs> ass, I'm like, well, you know, I think he listens to the podcast and follows our Twitter, so maybe... <laughs> We're so famous that he knows that <laughs> they're of, the goons. Out of 75 episodes with the six goons mentions, he pieced it together. He pieced it together. <laughs> we, are that in, we are that in the Indiana culture that everybody knows everything we're doing and every detail is picked up on. The goons, of course, the main goon is like, no, no, no. They think they've become so Indiana famous because we <laughs> talked about them that they think, oh my God, the goons are so famous that somehow it made it to Dockage. But how did he know it was sent from the goons? How did he know? So I, in a text exchange with everybody, say, listen, guys, how about I text Dockage and see if he'll tell us? We got to get to the bottom of this. The goons are like, absolutely, this has been, we haven't been able to sleep. We don't understand what's going on. So I text Dockage, and Dockage responds within seconds and says, and, and only types three words. And the three words, and this is quote, they told me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm reading that. I'm like, what? But they, they texted they, you the body. They of, texted me the body of what of the they cameo sent. request. Correct. So I send that quote back to the goons. And the main goon who arranged it all quickly responds, but I showed you the body. There, I showed you what I sent him. He, the, at the same time, Dockage is sending me another text with a picture, a screenshot of the booking sheet that he gets from Cameo. And almost simultaneously, I glance back at the group text and the main goon who arranged it writes, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> at the same time, I look back at Dockage's text to me where there is a picture, a screenshot that says, Dan Dockage booked by the goons. <laughs> it literally says, booked by the goons. <laughs> when I send that to them, the main goon realizes that in the form for Cameo, there is a from field. <laughs> and in the from field, he wrote the goons. <laughs> and so for 48 hours, these idiots, and for about 20 minutes, this idiot being me, Ward is not part of this being an idiot, this egocentric idiot who thought we were so famous, that he pieced together who the goons were. The goons thought they were so Indiana famous, and we all thought Dan Dockage was a warlock that possessed <laughs> some otherworldly powers. The truth is, we're all just a bunch of congenital morons. That is the truth. 
And this is why I wake up that morning to 130 text messages with this entire drama playing out before me. <laughs> it is just so good. So we laughed for about 20 minutes. It was so funny. I mean, just one of those things where you think you, you've, you're part of something really special and you just turn out to be a total idiot. But that goes back to even idiots like us in a, in a podcast like this, we made friends with these guys that like, you know, we haven't even seen each other really since all the nonsense in the world broke out. But what did we do? We had a herf with the goons last week. We all got on zoom and we had some stogies and we shot the shit. And you know, the, the podcast does allow us to keep doing what we're doing because it's in an audio form and zoom has made it even easier, but to even, keep this community alive and connected, which obviously the hub of the community is peaks.com, you know, and the, the message boards there. Oh, no. I was going to do it again. That's why I thought this is my shot to like, you know, get in on it. What, well, like, what were you doing? I just start going, you know, I don't know, something rhythmic with my breath. I, I, I hadn't planned it out. I just saw a window. I jumped through it. What is that going to sound like? We'll never know. <laughs> should we let these people get to this other set of goons we we hung out with yeah man look we we talked about you know i i just mentioned like this funny thing where you think you're part of something special and it turns out that you're just a bunch of idiots we all got to be part of something pretty special back in 2011 12 and 13 when it seemed like indiana was back we had a group of guys that Coach Tom Crean did assemble, and he deserves credit for assembling them, that were different personalities with different backgrounds from different places that all fit together really well. And we got lucky that we got to meet a couple of these guys through the podcast, and they came up with the idea of kind of getting on together. And we just jumped at it and thought, well, this is one where – we got to do it as a video. So we did it as a video and we put the video out on Peak. So if you aren't a premium member and you want to see the video of this thing, I mean, there's, this is a perfect opportunity to go sign up. Time to pony up. Yeah, exactly. We wanted to release the audio podcast for our, for our loyal listeners who have been listening from the beginning, because I do think the audio is, is really fun. But, you know, we did this, what, about a little over a week ago? Yeah, And mm -hmm. it, was, it was an absolute blast. It's a special group of guys, and it was fun to just kind of be a fly on the wall to see them together. Yeah, it was the last truly great Indiana team. And I think you're going to get a, a lot more insight, both through the stories they tell and just the chemistry they have as, as dudes, as buddies. I think that's a, a huge part of it. And when you see pictures of uh, the team coming in for the, uh, the fall, and you see them all at somebody's house in Bloomington eating and taking a, a group selfie, you're like, yeah, I think the culture is, is coming back where these guys really, really are invested in each other as people. And when they're out there on the court, it's hopefully going to be the next great Indiana team here in the, the next couple seasons. It is funny how the two kind of coincide in that, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more in the outro, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the last great Indiana team also happens to be the last group of guys that played for Indiana that remain this close, that they were this close off the court 
as well as on the court, and that continues almost a decade later. That you know, we've had several pockets of players who seem really close in the years since. We have not had a cohesive unit yet that seemed to really gel the way this group did. Yeah, I feel like the 2002 team, and I think it's easier to connect the dots afterwards and see that these guys are in each other's weddings and they still text with each other because we ask them about that when they come on the pod. And I guess it's not as obvious a question that, you know, do guys from from the more down years or sort of teams that didn't achieve something great, are they are they still pretty close? They might be, but I think there's no doubt when you achieve something special, we know from the championship teams, those guys are all really close. You, you do something that is of historic levels uh, when it comes to Indiana University basketball, and, and that's just something that keeps you tight for life. And, and with these guys, they were the number one team in the country for most of the season, and that's, that's something we haven't seen for a real long time. The but. truth is it's rare for anybody to see it. I mean, that's the truth. The way college basketball is now, I mean, I know it was only nine years or eight years ago or seven years ago even, but the way road games are now and how hard it is for anyone to win on the road, the idea Last of like, yeah, I mean, it, it, but in, in any conference, it's like it's very hard for a team to go through the conference kind of unscathed. So you see that number one ranking, it's like rare to see a team stay number one for two weeks in a row. Yep. You know, yep, you just don't true. see it often. So, uh, yeah, special group of guys. We had a blast. Let's get to it. Hysterics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of uh, Hysterics Nation, we have a first here. Uh, we have several gentlemen gathered with us. Eric, would you please tell the viewers and the listeners at home who we have gathered here today? We are not talking to one player. So I can't just do a list of accomplishments for one player. I'm going to focus on a team. Yes. We are talking to a team that started the year in 2012-13, ranked number one by the AP, Coaches Poll, ESPN, USA Today, NBC, and Sports Illustrated. They spent the year at number one for at least 10 weeks, which, by the way, only 54 weeks in the history of Indiana basketball has Indiana been ranked number one, and this team occupies 10 of those weeks. That is just incredible. Only two weeks the entire season were spent outside the top five. Of course, the Big Ten championship team, the first outright Big Ten championship in 12 in 20 years. Seven and one was their record against AP top 25 teams. No other Big Ten team had, a, had even a 500 record in that category. Seven and two in road games. Number one seed in NCAA tournament. Only the third time that Indiana has had the number one seed. Finished 29 and seven. Only five other teams in IU history have achieved that many wins. This team had an overall team offense that was ranked number two in the country, an overall team defense that was ranked 19th in the country. The team shot 40.3% from the three-point line. The team shot 74.3 from the free throw line. The team averaged 7.1 steals per game. My God, this is one of our most favorite, beloved teams of all time. Please welcome Cody Zeller, Jordan Hulls, Corey Barnett, Christian Watford, and Derek Elston. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for having us. 
So guys, when I, when I read off that list, uh, Derek, why don't you start us off? What, what, do you, what do you hear in that list that really jumps off to you that really sticks out? Honestly, probably the coolest part about that was I had no idea how little Indiana had been ranked number one. And the fact that we have 10 weeks um, as being the number one team out of the 50-some that you said is like, that's actually incredible. It's really incredible. Christian, what about you? Uh, I'm with Derek a little bit, but I also feel like, man, like he's just had a crazy opportunity to really like win it, and we didn't do it. So I, it, it goes both hands in hand with me. Like I'd be both ways with it. Christian just goes right away to the negative. I mean, just goes straight <laughs> for it. Was like, like we, we was that good, and we just couldn't get it done. But you know, it, it's weird. So yeah. Jordy, what do you think about that? Uh, with Christian's comment, yeah, yeah it's it's still bitter. I, I'll never watch that game uh, ever. Nope, nope, nope. Won't ever do that. Uh, it's uh, too bad because the I, back half of this was going to be all of us watching the game together. <laughs> I, I thought that would be a fun <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, I think I'm going to have a sometimes <laughs> something to get to. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it's it's really cool. We had a great group of guys, and uh, what really sticks out. I didn't know that about uh, the defensive part. I knew we, that, you know, we obviously had Cody blocking shots or trying to. We had Vic blocking shots. We had a good team defense. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that we were ranked that high defensively. That's pretty cool. I knew we could shoot the ball, though. I did know that's one thing that we did really well. <laughs> Cody, what about you, man? What sticks out? Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of a lot of good memories, a lot of big wins. Uh, whatever whatever the one style was, seven and one against uh, you know some of our our top teams. It seemed like yeah. every game that we played in the Big Ten was someone you know a tough matchup. So uh, a lot of fun memories. But like you said, as you read that off, you realize how good we were, and then just ended up in a Sweet Sixteen. So uh, I think like everyone else here, it's uh, still a little bit bitter, but uh, you know a lot of a lot of fun times for sure. Corey, what stands out to you about that season? Uh, the, the Honestly, the road wins to me were the main thing because we were, especially with that last one, I just watched Cody did did a little uh, five-minute deal where he watched the Michigan game. And that one was obviously incredible. But to win at Michigan State, I think we were their only loss at home. To win at Ohio State, I think we were their only loss at home. And then to win at Michigan, I think we were their only loss at home. And those are all top 10 teams that had a great run uh, that – Knowing how hard it is to win on the road, being in this business, it's that's an incredible accomplishment. Uh, you all, you all noticed that Derek has apparently gone into a cave. Oh, okay. <laughs> Derek, what the hell are you doing? I mean, what's going on? You can't. Do I told you, I told you guys, I just moved into the house, so I've got family over, so I'm going to be in and out of this call. But uh, <laughs> if you've got any questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ward? Yeah, well, look, guys, um, tell us a little bit. We are, we know Derek's moving into his house right now. <laughs> Where are the rest of you guys at? What are you doing as the world? And that, that's topical because we have people on this uh, reunion Zoom who who are playing professional basketball in other parts of the world. What What's the deal? Where are you guys at right now? And when do you hope to get back to normal? And, and what is that for you? Let's let's start with Jordy, the uh, the Germanic basketball player. Yeah. So I was most recently in Germany. Um, I've been there four years out of the seven. Um, obviously ended abruptly. 
got home exactly 11 weeks ago today and uh, I'm in Bloomington. I'm at my, my parents' house. That's where me and my wife and two kids stay. Um, it's a little bit longer now. I don't know exactly how happy they are that we're still here, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's what we're doing. We're here. And in the meantime, I'm training kids uh, here in Bloomington full-time all day, every day, and uh, just waiting to hear back when I might be going back overseas. Nobody really knows what's, when's that going to happen. Is it going to be normal in August or am I get get shipped out later? Um, yeah, I'm just waiting to hear back just much like everybody else. It's just a waiting game. Nobody knows when this thing's going to, you know, what people are going to start getting comfortable with and all that good stuff. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm enjoying some Buffaloes, Opie Taylors, you know, Village Dilly, all that stuff here in Bloomington, training <laughs> some kids and hanging out and getting ready for the next season. How, how much weight have you gained from being back in Bloomington? You look good. No, but... no. So I've made sure because as I get older, I know, like, I know myself, I love to eat and um, I would get very chubby, but I've only gained probably like three or four pounds. Um, the, you know, this is pretty good. This is not a joke. The last time Ward and I went to Bloomington, which was for the game where Coach Knight came back, uh, uh, I, I always I always do a diet, a big diet, before we go back to Bloomington because I know I'm going to just crush myself. And yeah. so I did. I got in pretty good shape, lost a bunch of weight. I gained from Thursday night to Sunday afternoon 21 pounds. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I weighed myself 21 pounds. <laughs> pounds oh my gosh there you go uh so uh back to what uh ward's question about where everybody's at cody why don't you fill us in uh i'm actually here in charlotte our season uh got postponed as everyone saw march 11th uh, we were playing in miami and we were in the middle of the game when the, the nba got shut down in utah uh they stopped the season so we finished our game we had no idea what was going on when we got back to the locker room and, and heard that the season was postponed. Uh, since then, I went back home for a few weeks, uh, saw my parents, my oldest brother. Um, then other than that, I've just been here in Charlotte um, trying to stay in shape a little bit. Uh, they just, they're sending 22 teams to Orlando. We're not one of them. So my next game will be in December. So I got to figure out what to do with my life. So, uh, but anyway, so I'm just here at the, I live alone. So, I've been so bored. I've been uh, <laughs> point. I'm like, you know, unlike everyone else on this call, everyone else has their life together, you know, married, having kids. Jordy's got like 27 kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> your living alone. Yeah, no girlfriend, no nothing. So, and it's a terrible time to be single. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> Wait a second, but Cody, House. Cody, you said you're getting pretty popular on your jogs with the neighborhood kids. So you got that going for you. I do. Yeah. I was, I was telling this guy, I live at like the, the end of a dead end street. And so it's real quiet back in the back. It's like a quarter mile to the front of the street. So I've been running, trying to stay in shape uh, through the neighborhood. So I run like a little two and a half mile, mile route, but the kids on the street aren't doing anything either. So they see me take off, they see me leave and they know that I'm going to be back in 15 or 20 minutes. So I'll have the kids lined up at the front of the street and they race me back to my house. So, <laughs> so that's a part of it. But also, I, I don't tell the story all the time, but the one kid runs like a six minute mile. I was like, <laughs> not only am I racing the kids, but they're beating me. <laughs> so yeah, but, so I got another kids. Cody, 
Um, there is a relationship, though, that you have struck up that we should talk about, and this is with a, a nice long neck beauty with six strings called a guitar, right? That, that's mm, been the new yeah. relationship for you. Tell us about oh. the guitar playing. It's been slow. I, I can play Happy Birthday. That's about that's about my limits of my skills. Uh, is the guitar in the room with you right now? It is, yeah. yeah. Come on, show it to us. Let's see it. I got you. I Let's got see you. it. Let's see it. Mostly just for looks. So. Yeah, okay. Please don't play. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Look at this. Give us a chord. Give us a couple chords. Well, now that I now that I talked up how well it's my happy birthday, I'm not going to try it for you guys. All right, but let's hear a couple chords. Let's hear some chords. Well, I'll, just, I'll just hold it here because I think I just look so much cooler with it. Yeah, <laughs> you do look cool. Now, uh, Christian, I see you laughing. Does it surprise you that Cody is expressing his musical uh, acumen? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know Cody tapped into that. <laughs> <laughs> That was like the cowboy retirement, retirement, Cody. But I guess it's quarantine, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Vic and I can do an album together or something. Hey, that'll be nice. That'll be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. He's a little bit country. He's a little bit rock and roll. Yeah. We were back in Bloomington. I made him one learn learn one country song. So it's some Rascal Flatts song. So that's he knows one good country song. So I just need to figure out how to play that on the guitar, and we'll be set. <laughs> Big. Um, well, we know where Corey's at because of his stupid T-shirt, but go ahead and tell us what's going on, Corey. <laughs> uh, yeah, Reno, Nevada, here with, uh, obviously, who's your legend, Coach Alford, been with him the last seven years, and then in quarantine, been in quarantine, enjoying the family time, soaking it up while I can. We're bringing half our team back to... There he is. Whoa, hold on, quick pause. Oh, look Wait. at this. Oh, oh, wait, he's connecting. Party, bro. There he is. I see him. <laughs> He's got a hey, backpack Will. on. I mean, what is going on here? Will, welcome to the reunion. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I was going to be on my bike and give you guys some content, but your uh, <laughs> phone died. Your phone died. Let's Will. Uh, we've got uh, a little Boosie and a Cody Zeller guitar kind of mix coming up here in the next five minutes or so. So you haven't missed much, or maybe you did miss a lot. Who knows? I don't know. I guess I'll have to run it back and see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to Corey. So you're in quarantine, uh, but but yet the college basketball season seems to be taking baby steps towards uh, restarting. What What is the latest on on your team and 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 guys coming back into town? We got we got half our guys are back uh, today. I'm picking up a guy from the airport here in about an hour, and then they're getting moved in. They have to do quarantine for 14 days, and then if they all test negative, then they we can get back to working out with them. Not officially coaches, but they can get into our gym, and then then the, everybody else will come 14 days from now, and we'll have the whole squad at least in Reno in a safe environment, and then we'll kind of just wait on the NCA to see how they open it up. I think with football. Um, pushing the, I think that they'll by July they'll have coaches be able to work out guys just because for football to be able to be on time. Uh, open that up. That so. up so. so, do you have some kind of bubble strategy there, Corey, in terms of how you're going to try to keep the team and essential staff sequestered away from the rest of the population, or yeah. is that something you're even allowed to do? Uh, to a certain degree, I mean, as long as they're smart with social distancing, they can't leave the state. 
the big the big L that they took because they can't go to Tahoe for Fourth of July. Uh, so the team was in an uproar about that. But uh, other than that, I mean, they they just have to be smart. They can go do groceries and get food and all that, but they can't be going to parties or being like like the the Ozarks video around a hundred people in one pool or anything like that. So as long as they're being smart, you know, it'll be fine. And then we'll slowly allow them to use the weight room and then our gym, and then hopefully we'll be on the court with them by after the fourth somewhere around there. Yeah, and oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say you mentioned July fourth. I was just curious if you guys spent July fourth together back in two thousand and twelve, going into that two thousand twelve thirteen year. Did you guys do? Was there any Indiana Hoosier July fourth barbecue at Tom Crean's house? <laughs> it definitely wasn't at Tom Crean's house, but I can't remember. <laughs> 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 Did we do anything? Did we do anything? We probably had individuals. Or we probably had workouts or something. Yeah, we didn't get any time off. We didn't have any fun. No. By the way, I did want to ask quickly before we go to Derek and Christian. Will is part of the reason that you were late to this is because you were hoping that, like Tom Crean, we weren't going to tell you when the scheduled Zoom call would be, and then just minutes before told you to hop on. You were getting ready for that. I mean, I didn't really want to come in general, so <laughs> I was like, maybe if I wait long enough, they'll just forget. Uh, no, man, I told you I was trying to give you guys some content. I was going to be on my bike. I had it all set up, and I'm like halfway through the city, and my phone's like, oh, yeah, you're at 10%. like, damn. So I trekked it back. I'm sweating right now to be on this call. So <laughs> I like it. Uh, Christian, what about you? What's going on these days? I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana right now. Uh, moved here just because my brother was playing at LSU. Uh, Did a baby girl. Been in quarantine with that. That's all I've been doing, man. Daddy daycare around here. <laughs> How old your girl? Uh, she's two. She almost she one month, almost two months. Be two months in uh. Oh, you are in it, man. You are in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through it right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your break time, man. Yeah, sleep. You said what, Jer? This is your break time right now. This is good. Yeah. Y'all know what y'all speaking of that, Jordan. You know what you have here? Y'all don't, y'all don't know? No, we're finding out in one week or two weeks. We're going to find out. And that'll be number three, right, Jordan? Number three. So, Derek. Might be, should be upset, yeah. <laughs> Derek, besides moving, tell us what's going on in your life. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we just collected the keys today in Zionsville to the house. Um, you know, been a little interesting now. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people know that I took a new job with the bank. And as much as I took the role to kind of be out and about in the public, uh, I've been trying to uh, gather up some business and, and, you know, Zoom calls and meetings from my couch. Uh, so that's been a little, that's been a little different. Uh, it's been a little kind of hit and miss with who I meet up with because of everything that's going on. So um, definitely been a weird time for myself, but uh, you know what? I was fortunate enough to sell my house in Bloomington and, and find a, uh, a house that my wife and I really just fell in love with here. So we're excited to be you know, around our bank and around the area and especially up here north of Indy. So it's like, it's a, it's a weird time, but it's a, a really good time for my wife and I right now. So we're excited. 
Yo, how are you not going to plug the bank right now? Derek, I know that's a great opportunity for you working at the bank and all, but how many tries did it take you to pass finite when you were in college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean uh, I, I did pass. It took three times okay. to, to yeah, get through finite, Cody. So thank God I don't have to actually punch the numbers. I just tried to <laughs> get out of the face and, and uh, get the logo in front of you. I, obviously, Don Neal and the United Fidelity team knew what they were doing. You're on the side. I get it. Wait, a show of hands, though. How many people on this call took more than one time to get through finite? Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, let's see. Christian's two of Christian's hands. I got you. I got you. We got through it the first time. Yeah, as well as Corey comes off, he wasn't the brightest guy either. So, not lying. <laughs> we should we should, have had, we should have had marty on this call she's got all the real stories that's true. Oh, yeah oh, he's got man. good stories that's right oh. uh so will and will you're in you're in new york now you're working for some startup what the the ceo of that startup was involved with twitter give us the background what's your what's your deal how are you going to take over the world yeah the ceo uh started a company and sold it to twitter and then started started this company um, yeah, we're taking over the world just slowly, but surely, um, you know, tech companies, yeah, it's just kind of can sell no matter what, because they don't really have a product. It's like in the air, it's like mist, you know, don't really know where it's at. Um, but yeah, man, New York's cool. Just chilling, hanging out, man. Talking to you guys. What a, what a life I lived. <laughs> <laughs> so take us back to, let's go back to the summer entering the 2012, 2013, season everybody on this call was there the year before uh where some really good things happened for indiana and and things really started to seem like seem like we're on the we're on the uh, we're on the up and this could be the year what was that summer like heading into into that 12 13 year was it like everybody with the expectation that we're going to compete for a national championship and big 10 title just what was the feeling in bloomington around the program uh jordy why don't you start us Okay. Yeah. Um, for sure. That was our mindset. You know, we were all there, uh, in the hard times besides Cody, he had no taste of any terrible seasons like we all did, but, uh, you know, once we kind of shocked everybody, our junior year, um, Corey's senior year, uh, everybody was like, Oh, they're, they're kind of the real deal. So for us, that made us more hungry. You know, uh, we met Kentucky in the sweet 16. We, we played, well, really well. They decided to hit a lot of free throws that game. Kid Gilchrist decided to be able to shoot the basketball that game. Um, but we had a really good year. Uh, so after that, you know, we just stayed hungry. A lot of guys stayed over the summer. Um, obviously, you know, that helps when you're around each other. And our off-season workouts were, were no joke either. Held everybody accountable, all that good stuff. So we felt like we could beat anybody in the country. And I think that showed, you know, being the – overall or the number one seed number one team in the country the whole year or to start the year and then going from there you know that you said in the beginning the the wins that we had that season and uh just the type of guys that we had and we we felt like we were pretty solidified in the country at that time and that was our mindset for sure why is uh this is a reunion call right yeah why, why is Corey on the call? He was not on that team. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, if we're being honest, if we're being honest, she texted me, hey, we're all getting together to hang out. I thought it was just us all hanging out. And he's like, I'm like, who's the random guy in the text story? He's like, it's one of Jordy's buddies. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's just going to be one of Jordy's. Turns out it's a full-fledged deal here. It's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> It was because that team, that team stood on the shoulders of what Corey helped build. That's why. Exactly. It was like, exactly. it was like John Leskowski in 75. Everybody considered him a part of the 76 team. Uh, yeah, yeah, fact, I, and, and they blame Corey for not being able to handle the zone defense of Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Corey was a coach. <laughs> I was, yeah, Corey was coaching. Fair, fair. <laughs> uh, I, I am I'm curious about uh, the, the, the chemistry that was built both on and off the court. And then, of course, Yogi was coming in this summer to be a part of the team. Uh, Cody now going to be a sophomore. Was that always something kind of easy uh, as, as you guys started showing up as freshmen, then you were sophomores, then you were juniors? Or was it something that really had to, to go through some growing pains to get to the place where you were in this fateful season which the chemistry on the court we can say was excellent. And the fact that you all still want to see each other now, it seems like it was probably pretty good off the court too. So how'd that come about? Yeah, I think, I think we were all such a competitive group. I think we, we all knew we had a great opportunity opportunity. Uh, Uh, to win big that, uh, that second year for me, my sophomore year. And so, yeah, that summer was really competitive for us, um, not just for us to get better individually. Uh, and then also the freshmen coming in, we always kind of like putting the young guys on one team so that we could kind of, you know, tone them down a little, uh, a little bit. Oh, yeah. you mean, you mean the movement? The movement. Yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. Oh, yeah, no, let's, let's get into no, the that's movement. that's this discussion. Let's get into the movement. That was such a... By the way, I have on our podcast referred to it repeatedly as the bowel movement. But anyway, <laughs> what what was that like? I mean, you guys busted your ass. I mean, Jordy, Christian, you guys had been there for a while. Will, you'd been there for a while. Cody, you had one year in. But you guys were the ones that, that had to go through the, the crap, bring the program back. And then all this hype about the movement that they were going to come in and change the fortunes. I think we've talked to each of you individually, mostly, and – there was definitely some competitive drive to want to show the movement how it really worked at the Division One level. Eric, you're you're so full of shit right now. You hundred percent were on your Twitter like the movement's coming in. Like, watch out! <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait for the movement. Go back to your Twitters right now in 2000, whatever y'all were hyping it. Don't at me. All right. Well, first of all, Peter Jerkins is the new big man in the middle. First of all, I didn't even sign up for Twitter until we started our podcast. That's number one. Number two, give me a second. I'll go pull my Ron Patterson jersey out of the closet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Buzz. I think once I did that, uh, the amazing race was that that summer or the summer before our freshman year, but oh man, uh, it was one of the more fun times that we had. They tried to make it, you know, fun for us, not just, you know, in the weight room or uh, on the court every day. So we they created kind of an amazing race. So they split us up into two different teams and we had to do uh, what was it like, um, bear crawls on on the football field. We started on the football field. 
we had to get a uh, 45 pound plate um, plate weight from the uh, parking garage over in near like on the square. We had to run yeah. to the square, get 45 pound weight, bring it back, and then we had to like take it to the top of the football stadium. So we kind of carry it, share it with each other. And there was another one over on Jordan, uh, which there's another story on the other team. Uh, I don't know who's on the other team, but they can tell the story of the the 45 pound plate. Uh, I want to hear this. Who was that? Bobby, he rolled it down. Oh, that, I thought that was Peter. <laughs> yeah, it was Peter. Or Peter. Somebody Peter rolled it down. Yeah, it rolled it yeah. down. Like it almost. We hit. had to get a forty-five pound plate to the bottom of the hill as quick as possible, and Peter Jerkin decided it'd be a good idea to roll it down the hill. Here's the crazy it's thing about the story: Vic yeah, was at the Jordan, bottom of the hill, and he stopped with his hands. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we would have lost Vic that year. <laughs> Christian, what were, wait, wait, Christian, I what have... were you saying? What was Christian saying about the 40? That's what I was saying. I was saying Vic was at the bottom of the hill trying to catch it. Probably <laughs> <laughs> was going, bro. I think it was going fast, going coming down. Yeah. <laughs> I I have to ask because this is this is what I bring up when we speak about the movement. Peter Jerkin clearly had the greatest name of any Indiana Hoosier ever. Is that something you guys would bust his balls about? Or is that just, just me being immature? Uh, it was more about how he talked. Him and Bawa together, they were they were two peas in a pod. So then too, when they would get to rolling, it was, it was really funny. But I mean, besides making fun of the way they talked a little bit, uh, I don't know if we really covered that. Coach Green was really hard on on Peter. I felt bad for him, but he's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he didn't feel Peter. He he tried hard, but he just what he yeah. what did he do? He broke. He had a fracture in both legs. He, he couldn't he couldn't yeah. play because the shins. Remember? Like, yeah, yeah. He just he used to have bad things. And I feel anybody that with an injury with Coach Green, I feel bad for you, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we yeah, heard talk about that a little bit. Bad for you too, D. When you got the, when you had the hernia, it was bad. Seawalk called my yeah. Seawalk he 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 was my black cat. Walked right in front of me. Told me that's the reason why I got hurt. I swear to it. <laughs> uh, I, here's a quick another question about the movement. Did Jeremy Hollowell ever smile? <laughs> Germ, Germhead. I mean, I never saw the guy without just one expression on his face on the court, off the court. He just I mean, he was he was pissed because like every day in practice he would kick Siwat's ass and then the game Watt would start. Don't put that negative content out there, bro. You know that ain't true, bro. I think the movement, I think the movement thought it was like gonna be easy and it just was like totally different for him. Uh just because of how Coach yeah. Cream was, just the, you know, the whole thing was totally different for him. Just different. I think, I think most most freshmen that come I in, think they struggled a little bit. Besides, obviously, besides Yogi, because I mean, his his role was huge. But other the other guys, they kind they were struggling a little bit. Most freshmen. I will say, I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't think it was think like. It was like I never, I got never got the impression it. once after that first couple weeks of the summer or whenever they got there. I never felt like they. They didn't say like we're the move. Like they never. I think oh, once they, we, was, they was through with the movement. Like, yeah, they were done. The they they didn't show that. Like so, I'll I'll give them credit with that. Like, they, yeah, I didn't. I, I think you're right. I think it was probably 
Eric, I think you've hit on it a couple of times about that, like private scrimmage that we had where it was the movement against us. I think after that one, I don't, yeah, I don't really recall them ever being no. too bad about that. Hey, but, so, but I mean, on the real though, like, like those guys deserve credit too, because like we wouldn't have won as many games if it wasn't for them. Like every day in practice, like they're good players, man. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like, it's not like they were some chumps. Like they helped us win games, you know? So I think like, I think coming in, like they thought it was going to be sweet and it wasn't. Um, but then after that, like they, they helped us win games. And then they all became like, not all of them, but a lot of them like, you know, did really good things, not only at IU, but they transferred and played well other places. Like, like they could, they could ball. It was just like a little too much at the time. And I thought they just thought it was going to be like sweet when they came in. And Cody, Cody, you were saying something about freshmen coming in, coming into the league. What, if you could finish that thought. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, I think that's any freshman, like, especially with social media today and stuff like every high school basketball player, you know, oh, it's going to be real easy for me to go to college, be there for a year or two, jump the league, you know, like that's just the mentality of, of freshman players. And even now in the NBA, it's, it's the same thing with rookies. Like they come in, they think they're going to get all the shots. They think they're going to play all the minutes. It's like, no, you got to earn your stripes. So, uh, we have the same stuff when uh, when rookies come in with a, their head a little too big uh, in the NBA as well. And Corey, you were on the staff right at this point. Yeah, I just started being a graduate assistant. I got married uh, that summer and then, yeah, started being a graduate assistant in September. So how weird was it to go from one of the guys in the locker room to now stepping over that line and being one of the staff was that a hard transition and did you find that your former friends had a different relationship with you at this point uh no I, I mean it was hard yes uh everybody was the the guys were pretty good coach struggled to handle it uh he was just he always perceived it because I went from a player to a GA it was he was constantly on me about buddy buddy and being too soft and not pushing them hard enough and work out so that was the majority of the battle these guys were actually pretty good it was the it was going back to the locker room and Coach Green critiquing the workout I put him through. That that that's where the conflict lied. We always hated Corey because we always knew deep down Corey knew the schedule and wouldn't tell any of us. Corey, is today an off day? I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't tell you. So the season gets gets kicked off and you guys, I mean, you come out like gangbusters. I mean, I think you started something like 15 and one, 20 and two. Uh, there was that heartbreaking loss though in the crossroads to Butler. Does that one still sting when you think back to that season? Yeah, and Jordy couldn't guard like this walk-on kid. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> I knew I knew, I knew <laughs> I was going to say that. White guy, wasn't it? I can't remember the guy's name. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Barlow. Barlow was his name. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to remember Barlow. him the rest of my life. Barlow. <laughs> uh, I think he's on the Celtics yeah. staff. <laughs> he might, yeah, he might be. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to take this shot. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you got Kellen Dunham. Uh, he just giving me one crossover, like a little floater. Uh, uh, so stupid, I think I think each hurdle that we had throughout that season, yeah, whether it was the summer or that game, it, it kind of brought us back to reality a little bit. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think each loss we had or each hurdle we had along the way kind of motivated us, like, hey, we we still have room to get better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm curious about as you're going through, especially your your preseason number one, you guys start off so hot. You're the first number one team in Bloomington for, for two decades. How much fun is that walking around campus? How much pressure is that? Where did the balance lie for you guys with the positive and, and any negative if, if it existed? Uh, go ahead, Will. Look like you want to say something. <laughs> why, why are we asking me? <laughs> well, what? I mean, I have fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all had fun for real. Like uh, I think I think that was just part of it. But um, pressure ain't really get to us. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was like more on the staff so much that you know the pressure got to them. I don't really say. I don't really think it got to us because we was just for us. We, we, really hoping. we yeah. just hoping. We just playing. We just was hoping. You know, no different. Well, what happened was like once we got beat by Kentucky, Watford, like he went pro. So like we didn't really see him for a while. <laughs> So, he had to no, go out to the hey, ESPYs. Hey, why, 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 why don't we talk about that? Why about we talk about the three weeks after the season? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember the three weeks after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, you did go, Ward brought it up. Christian, you did get to go to the ESPYs. I mean, I, I don't remember another Indiana basketball player that got to go to the ESPYs because they were being honored or, or potentially being honored for something that happened in the season. What was that experience like? And also... I just imagine, especially maybe somebody named Will Sheehy would bust your balls about being like a Hollywood guy and going out and getting an award <laughs> for, for a shot. Will always try to be on my top, but uh, nah, it was fun, man. Um, it was a great experience, bro. I was nervous as shit, though, because I had to get up there and, you know, say a speech in front of them people, and it wasn't like, it's just live. Like, it ain't no do-overs, ain't none of that. So you got to, you know what I'm saying, how you... Had your stuff ready, but it was fun though. It was, it was a great time, man. I met some great people and shit. Wait, I gotta ask you a question though about this because you went out there with Coach Cream, right? I wouldn't say that. I went out there with my uh, with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what I what I wanted to ask was, you know, I mean, we all had this experience, like when you're in elementary school or junior high, and you see your teacher at like the grocery store or at a restaurant. And it's the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, Coach Crean's a weird guy on the basketball court. But to see him, like, in L.A., well, first of all, it's the first time that his tan made sense. But, <laughs> but when you saw him, like, out in public in L.A., was, that, was he an even more weird guy, like, taking an alien out of his normal environment? He was the same. He was the same every time. <laughs> he didn't really hang out with me too much. It was, like, before, the, um, before I was going to give my speech, though. He did. He came to me and he was like, hey, you got your speech written out? I'm like, yeah, I got it written out. He was like, he, he read it a little bit and stuff like that. He was like, hey, you got to make sure you say, you know, Cody said you're a great screen. So I had to throw, <laughs> I had to say, special shout out to Cody Zeller. You know, Coach Crane wanted to make sure I, hey, I put Cody didn't, on there. Didn't Cody screw up the play? He screwed it up, but it worked out, though. Okay. <laughs> it, but it worked out, so he ain't really messed up. Got it. The credit to Cody, right? Because we're like, ah, oh, he's gonna go pro. We gotta like, you know. Yeah, you know, he made me do that, bro. So I, had, I, I, all right, I got it. Got yeah, the truth comes out. The truth comes out. Coach Cream was watched out for you. You weren't. Appreciate it. <laughs> my teammates, he wanted me to do it. Like, 
he wanted me to say individual. I think I did you, Verdell, and Vic, I think. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I wasn't I, doing anything. I want to circle back to when we were talking about the, the good times. Like, I was like, Christian, Chris, you didn't remember the last three, the, the three weeks after the season was over. Will was apparently having a very good time when you guys were number one in the country. So, so who, who were the, who are the partiers? Who are the bookworms? You know, who, who took full advantage of being an IU basketball player on the Bloomington campus and, and who was more reserved kind of call each other out here and, and make fun of each other about it. Ooh, go ahead. Start it off. Uh, who who want to start it off? Go ahead. Dear. <laughs> Uh, I guess you could start off with me. I, uh, <laughs> there's a story that we all kind of have. Um, it's a long story and it, it probably, uh, deserves, uh, it would probably be best told in another podcast, but, uh, no, let's hear it. This is the time. This is the time. <laughs> there was a time, uh, where we went out one night. Um, we, we took full advantage of the number one. Um, we went out to a frat house and I think we were all kind of dressed up looking pretty, I don't know who was with us. I know it was me, Austin and Cody. Uh, those are the ones for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there you go. Jordan will hide this up. So I know those three for sure. I can't remember who else was with us, but I just remember like we were all like, we were dressed up looking nice and we get to the door of this frat house and uh the guy looked at us and said like you guys you guys don't want to come in here dressed like this this is a paint party and we said excuse me he said yeah i mean it's just you know we're in there just throwing paint on each other right now so we were like all right well let's you know give us a shirt so the guy comes down and he says uh well this will be great opportunity anyway we want to get a picture in in these shirts with you guys so we're like okay so the guy hands us what i thought i swear to god i thought was a white tee and when we opened it up, it said, am I allowed to say it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, this white tee, when you opened it up, said, fuck the cutters. <laughs> so, so, so long story short, we have ourselves a hell of a time. And uh, I get a call from Austin Etherington at probably six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, Austin, dude, what are you doing? And he said, bro, Coach Crean just called me. I think he's going to call you. I don't know what to do. What should I do? What should I do? Just panic. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Coach Crean's calling me. So I answer the phone. Hey, Coach, good morning. What's going on? He immediately, please tell me what I'm looking at is, is uh, what, what is it? Uh, Photoshop. Please tell me what I'm is Photoshop. Uh, I don't know, Coach. What are you looking at? <laughs> this picture of you, Cody, and Austin. And I said, what are you talking about? So he sends me a picture of the three of us. I mean, we look just out of our minds. In this <laughs> but on it, on our shirt said, fuck the cutters. So long story short, we, he calls like, Corey, I think you probably know better. Like he called like an 8.30, 9 o'clock meeting that day. And... We all get up, maybe maybe I'm off on the times, but we all get up and I'm one of the last guys to walk into this meeting. And when we walked into Cook Hall, when you go down the stairs, we had our own theater room where we would watch film. And we're, everybody's in this theater room 
And when we walk in there, the lights are off and plastered on this big screen is the three of us. And I think Tamar, if you guys remember him. Oh, legit. Holding up the number one sign and all of us in shirts that said, fuck your cutters. (laughs) (laughs) And he just went on this hour spiel about how we'll never get a job. That the cutters, like, do you have any idea what the cutters is? No, I have no idea. Well, cutters is pretty much Bloomington. You'll never get a job here. And I just remember the best part of this story. Cody, Cody was not in the picture because Coach Crane asked, Who else was at this party? <laughs> I'll, I'll defend myself. I'll jump in. Yeah, here. go ahead, Cody. Jump I'll in. So I think so. There was a big group of us were at the party, and I think uh, Ben Higgins is also actually there. Uh, so, so we were all there and I, I see this and I, I couldn't, we were talking about the experience, <laughs> the experience of being at IU and obviously being the number one seed and, you know, kind of being in the spotlight. So at the time I'm just a sophomore, so I can't, everything that I do is on Twitter. So like I would, I would tag along with the guys, but I wouldn't drink or anything. And so if back to your original question, I was the bookworm. I was the one that was, you know, staying out of trouble. But uh, so, but I would tag along. You know, I want to be a part of the part of the team. So, so they throw me this shirt, and I read it, and I was like, "There's no way I can put this shirt on." So, so I, I think it's a responsible decision. I turn it inside out and put it on. Smart. And go, go throughout the night, and I wasn't included in the picture. It was That's it was right. yeah. Eric and Austin and Tamar. So I was I was in the clear, and and I think it was actually I think it was like right at the end of the school year. And we had gone on like a little bit of a break and then we come back for the summer. And this is like a month or two later that coach cream, Texas is like team meeting, you know, in the video room, three o'clock, whatever. So we show up and we were like, you know, we haven't had time to get in trouble or anything, you know, like we couldn't think of but this picture had just come out. You know, he had just found this picture. Oh, yeah. so Derek said when, when we walked in, this picture was everywhere. And <laughs> So, so Coach Green starts going off on Derek and Austin about how they never get a job and all this stuff. And so I'm like, I'm sitting there like, God, I'm glad I wasn't included in this. You know, like, I'm just like, God, I'm glad I'm not these guys. And he comes to me and he's like, and you were there too? And I said, I was like, uh, mine was inside out. <laughs> and he was like, you had one on? I was like, oh, I just, oh. So, then he came to me and he was like, your parents raised you better than this. I, was like, oh. I, thought, I thought it was a pretty responsible decision turning it inside out. It was a white t-shirt, you know? I, I like, I think it was a responsible decision. I also love that you didn't like nudge Derek and be like, hey guys, maybe you should go inside out on this too. You were like, no, they're on their own. <laughs> go ahead and tell them, go ahead and tell uh this group uh what was your punishment for that <laughs> nothing <laughs> that was it that i got yelled at <laughs> yeah 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 see exactly Austin and I, for the next week we're up at five o'clock every morning picking weeds outside of football <laughs> and we're like you know we the whole time we're doing it you know cody was wearing that fucking shirt too you know <laughs> 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 All right, this is this is a great topic, Jordy. I gotta ask because the the impression of you is that clean cut, never got into trouble. Did you ever get into trouble in your four years at Indiana? 
No, I, I was pretty boring. Um, Will was my roommate. Derek was my roommate. So I, I had fun for sure, but I was I was pretty boring. They can probably attest to that. Um, I saw a lot of cool cool stuff. Everything was good. <laughs> well, give us good. something on. Come on, <laughs> we know that Will loves to bust balls. Give us something on Will as his roommate. You got to give us something. Yeah. Oh my God. There's um. I can't. I, I honestly can't even think of something off the top of my head. Will, do you remember what That's, time did uh, appropriate. you get in trouble the most? Do I what? Did you get in trouble? Uh, yeah, I got my fair share of trouble, yeah. Well, give us one story of the worst time where you got caught, where you had that feeling like, oh, no, I'm going to get it here. Uh, I mean, I mainly got trouble, like, at practice. Like, I didn't really, like, I had my fair share of partying, but I kind of, like, did it on my own time, my own terms. I didn't really, like, I don't know. I kind of just did my own thing. But, uh... No. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like talking about, like... like You're not... I, but, <laughs> does that surprise anybody? Like, Will, was just, he just did his own thing. That's yeah. What Will did. But what was Will like in practice? Because we've heard, I think Derek told us a story, not to... not Because I know we don't like propping anybody up here, but Derek did tell us a story about Will's kind of freakish athleticism. And, yeah, and he's how. a machine, so it doesn't matter. Will can yeah, do whatever most, he wanted, and he'd, and he'd come to practice, and it just didn't matter. It that would make me like just give me an ounce of any athletic ability that Will has, and I, I'm good. Maybe I dunk the ball in a game. Cool, that'd be great. But you know, Will can come to practice, however, and it didn't matter. He'd still be killing people. What, didn't, what, was, what do you, Jordan? How would I come to practice? <laughs> it didn't this, matter. This summer like Tom, if so, like Summer Tom or something like that. It you know, it's I could never do that. Like what I have is to Summer be Tom? Christine. Oh, Christine, God. You guys never Christine. Saw what is Old Tommy? Tommy oh. was a beast in summer. Tommy Tom Richard was maybe the best basketball player in the history of basketball when he was hungover. My <laughs> the day, the day I got married, we played a basketball game at, at Arkansas Little Rocks. My wife's from there. And the night before, obviously, was my was the rehearsal. We went out afterwards. Tom is normal Tom. And the next morning he comes in. I mean, he can barely stand before the game. He houses some chicken minis just to be able to get through. I'm not, I, I'm exaggerating by telling you he dropped 50, but it's not a, that big of an exaggeration. He's, he's, he's crossing half. He killed it. He's dunking on people. And I'm just like, this is incredible. This is, this is Tom to a T. That's summer Tom. Summer Tom was, summer Tom would show up to a big man workout. It'd be me, Tom, Bawa, and Bobby, and he would absolutely dominate us. And I'd stay afterwards for about 30 minutes to catch my wind, ice with Timmy G. I'd go back to 10th in college, and he'd have uh, uh, probably a fifth of uh, grape Kamchaka duct tape to his hand. <laughs> he was a freak of nature. He was an animal in the summer. It was incredible. It was incredible. Who's whose dunk was better? Pritchard's oh. rebound dunk, left hand and catch it with two hands, go to the left, or Will's Iowa dunk? Oh. Hey, don't disrespect me in here, man. I'll leave. <laughs> For the sake of Will not leaving the yeah, meeting, uh, and then, yeah, then Will's. No, nah, that shit was nasty. Will, that shit was nasty. Was yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I think, weak, man. Bro, that shit was nasty, bro. Tom knows right now whose shit was weak. 
I think Tom, everybody, Tom just surprised people with that. Like we had all seen that from Tom. So like it wasn't anything new to us. So I think that's why everybody thought it was a good dunk. Don't get me wrong, but that was, we saw, we've seen Tom do that. Wills was just actually on somebody just. Yeah. Basabi. Yeah. <laughs> Basabi. Tom's the goat, though. Tom's the goat. Corey, as a member of the staff, did Crean um, and, and the other assistants pry you for, like, information? Were they trying to use you as a spy? Like, tell us what's going on. Are these guys partying? What's happening? Are they going to class? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they they, they wanted inside information. Um, but they, they weren't too bad. I mean, Coach would ask questions now and then. It was mainly on how much they were in the gym, how much they were working out. And then he'd, he'd try and be in smart and ask me off-court stuff, but he was usually pretty good with it. I mean, Siwa went to every class, I think. Right? Well, <laughs> Siwa went to every class. <laughs> yeah, you went, you went. You never missed a class at IU, right? Uh, I didn't, Siwa didn't go to no classes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I take that back. I did go to some classes, bro. Just, you know, <laughs> going. <laughs> so I remember, Will, I remember you taking a picture of your class and sent it to Marty. You just walk to your class occasionally. You take a <laughs> class and walk right back out. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, you got, <laughs> we got to see that you're in class. So I was like, all right. You know, it was one of those nights, long night at Kilroy's. Woke up the next morning, just walked by the class, took a picture of the professor, kept on walking. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, my my favorite, nothing's even close, is we were all in a class together. I don't know who it was, at least six or seven of us. And we walk into class one day and we all sit down. It was a night class and there was probably 300 people in it. And they put on the projector, the very first thing that was on there was a tweet. And it didn't tell who tweeted it, but it was in quotes. And in the quotes, it had a timestamp of the time of the class. And it said, this ish can't be over fast enough. And instantly, the entire guys, all the athletes in there, in there knew it was Christian. But like we instantly knew it was Christian. I never called him out, but he said, "Just so you guys know, I'm looking at your Twitter. So when you tweet about my class, know that I'm going to see it afterwards." Which was absolutely. I still have a picture to this day. Wow. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm curious about getting a little deeper into the season here. You get into conference play. Obviously, we talked about uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan. Um, let's talk about that that first Michigan game. When they come into Bloomington, what was the atmosphere like? They were number one, I think, and you guys were number three. ESPN game day was there. What was it like inside Assembly Hall during that game? Cody. Yeah, I was like, do you, do you want us to go back in the circle? Yeah. Okay. That place was rocking. It was so loud. Um, you know, thinking of the back to some of the loudest games of Assembly Hall, Assembly Hall gets so loud. It's so much fun to play there, obviously, with the, the crowd behind us. And obviously, the Kentucky game was wild. Uh, the Ohio State game right afterwards, uh, New Year's, was, was wild. And then uh, that one, the Michigan game, college game day, everything else. Uh, was probably up there in probably the top three or so. Um, so yeah, just the the atmosphere was wild. Uh, we played really really well. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think everyone remembers uh, Vic's missed dunk. I think was that game. That's uh, right. 
the alley-oop, right? Jordy, you got Jordan, something to Jordan say about that? <laughs> yeah, he messed up my assist. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, it, it scared the death out of me because I was like, I'm just going to throw it. And I think it was a really crucial, crucial time in the game. Maybe we were up like four or something. And typically, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I trust Vic, and I, I thought I wanted to make him look cool, throw a little far behind him, and <laughs> yeah, I missed, missed it. But I remember Cody had a little uh, – he, he did not – he uh, he took great pride in making look mit, ma, making Mitch McGarry not look so great. Cody <laughs> made, made that a, a pride. Well, that, uh, that's, a, that's a good point because there was a lot of hype about Mitch McGarry before that season because Indiana was recruiting him and yeah. some reclassification stuff and what year would he go. And a lot of people thought Mitch – should be on Indiana's team. And obviously he ended up going to Michigan. So Cody, was that extra motivation for you? you want to kind of show him uh, what Big Ten basketball was all about? A little bit. I think, uh, yeah, even after that game, uh, I think he was running his mouth. that he, he said he was in my head. I think I had like 21 and 10. So yeah, uh, I think especially the second game that we played, it was like, all right, I'll, I'll prove it twice in a row. Uh, a lot yeah. of dunks, a lot of dunks for you in that first game, especially, right? A lot yeah. of, re- lot of uh, put back dunks. Yeah, I had a couple, <clears throat> couple good ones, but, but yeah, he's, uh, and, and just for like, even my, my NBA stock, like he's a big physical, like, you know, similar to an NBA big guy. So uh, even for my NBA stock, I knew that I had to play well against him. Mm. Who was the trash talker on the team, on the court? Will. Pick the one. <laughs> did Vic talk at all oh no not really no me no. was about as, as much yeah, as he did as he as he went. Uh, oh right what by the way when he started doing that I think all of us that are fans and don't know anything were like is he making the most lewd gesture that's ever been made on a basketball court <laughs> what the hell was that I honestly thought he was doing something that would get you suspended from every high school in the country DMV thing. I have no idea what that was. Was Either. it just V for Vic? No, no, no. see me. No me. Will came up with that. Did y'all come up with that, Will? Don't disrespect, don't disrespect me on camera because you are. Oh, look, the day drinking has begun for Will Sheen. <laughs> day drinking has begun. On the clock somewhere. But uh, Will. That was some, that was some different. It had some had some to do where he's from. It was like yeah, it was hometown. Oh, the DM, the DMV, like is yeah. it from the yeah. DMV area? Okay. Yeah. Now there has to be a moment of trash talk from Will on the court that you guys remember that make you laugh. That there has to be at least one line that sticks out, something that he said to somebody that we need to hear about. And if you guys don't remember it, Will, I'm sure you remember your favorite moment yeah. of trash talk. Oh, I, I know my favorite one for sure. Oh, wait, before you, let's see if it matches with any of the other guys. Yeah. So does anybody remember anything specific? No. It was every day, though. So, like, what What could he possibly, <laughs> you can't guard me. It didn't matter. Will could miss 10 shots in a row, and he'd still be talking. <laughs> um, the only one I remember was, like, when we played Purdue and you flex. Like, that's, I think everybody knows that one when yeah. we were at Purdue. That um, after Purdue where he's the bat. Yeah. That, that was amazing. So sick. That Wait, was what's amazing. that? What's that one? Uh, so the the story was like um, I forget which hardball it was, but he said we had to go out there and play like some blood sucking bats, <laughs> and then we go to warm up, 
And when we come back into the locker room, we've got these like plastic bats hanging from the locker room. And we had just whooped their ass at Purdue. And you just see Will take off to the locker room. And when he comes back, he's like <laughs> on the court, like having this. Oh, uh, Derek froze there, but I think we got the picture. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, I got to know, Will, what was your yeah, favorite? What was Will's? Uh, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, like, I always took everything that Crean said personally. Um, and, like, he knew that. So he would challenge me and, like, you know, just, like, talk shit to me. So when he was like, um, hey, we got to play, like, you, he, he'd be like, you guys are soft. Like, you guys can't play like that. I'm going to show you what it looks like to play like bats. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the game was over, and we beat the shit out of them. And I'm like, I just, like, like to rub it in people's face, you know? So, I just sprint back to the locker room, go back, grab it, like, ripping its head off. I'm like, throwing in that creep. Like, what's up, then? Like, you, you want to talk now? Like, what else you got, you know? Um, but my favorite, my favorite for sure, like, I feel I still kind of feel bad about this to be honest, but like so we would have summer basketball like runs, you know, and summer was the best, man. Like you're working out, you're eating, you're drinking, you're having a good time. Like there's no stress, you're just like getting better, you know. Like the whole team's just like having a good time. Like there's no there's no pressure of like the games and everything. It's just like collectively getting better, and you can see like the freshmen, sophomores, everyone like getting better throughout the summer, like. Like, 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 like will learn how to use his left hand. Like, it was incredible, you know? <laughs> uh, but, but no, like, it, it was lit. The summer was lit for sure. Like, everyone loved the summer. And so we were really good going into that year. And so Jay Williams comes down. And he's like, oh, yeah. oh, shit. oh, my God. oh, my God. oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Jay, you tell the story. We need to expose him for this. Go ahead. I, I'm gonna expose him for this. Like he deserves to get exposed for this. He does, so, bro. He does. It was it was sauce as hell than what he did. <laughs> so so he comes and he plays and like he can hoop now. Like even after the injuries, being older, like like I'm gonna give him his props. Like this man can absolutely hoop. That's facts. So he'd come and he was playing with us and he was like holding his own and more. Like he was a really good player. And so, like, we play the, say, five or whatever. And if you make the game-winning basket, you have to make a free throw afterwards to, like, solidify the win. So, if you miss the free throw, it's like, you know, a pressure free throw so you can win the game to kind of practice, like, being under pressure. So, like, Jay Williams is coming in and, like, talking shit. And, like, you, you, don't, you don't do that. Like, that's my house. You know, like, I talk to shit. And then you ask me if you want to talk shit. Like, that's how it worked at IU. So, <laughs> I was, I was like, nah, I'm not cool with you talking shit like this. So, like, we were going back and forth, back and forth. He's like, you ain't shit. I'm, I'm two-time play of the year. And, like, I was going back saying some, shit, some stuff I'm not going to say on camera. And we were going back and forth, back and forth. And so, finally, like, I hit a game winner. And it goes to, like, you got you to gotta make the free throw. And so, I banked it on purpose. And I was like, I told him I was going to bank it. I was like, I'm going to bank this for you to shut the fuck up. And, <laughs> I, and, I, and I banked it. And I was like, take your sorry ass off the court. Like, bye. You know? And we keep playing. We keep talking. Like, it keeps going that whole time. 
Next day we have a team meeting. Kareem's like, you guys aren't taking pickup games seriously. And we're like, he's like, no more pickup games for the rest of the summer because you guys don't take it seriously. And he's like, Kareem's like, and Will, I, what do I hear about this? You banking free throws, blah, 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 blah. So I like tell him my spiel. I'm like, hey, you know, he came in here. He's like, I don't give a, you know, Kareem was like really tough. He was like, I don't care if he's talking to you, Will. Like, suck it up, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know what? Fine. More, you guys can have more pickup games as long as you take it seriously the next day. So I'm like, all right. So sure enough, Jay shows his face again tomorrow, the next day. We, we, had, to, we, had, to, we had to like watch his highlights. That was like Jay Williams and Coach Cream talked to the team about like, oh, at Duke, we have better better pickup games. Like we take it more seriously at Duke. Yeah. This would never happen. Like all this stuff, we were laughing about it, you know, on the court. That would never happen at Duke. You know, he called out Will for banking in a free throw. Like, you guys aren't taking – and then we watched his highlights. We watched his – like, Coach Cream pulled up his highlights. And so all of us were like uh, – so anyway, he stuck around for pickup the second day, and that was not good for him. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good for him. We, we, we were going back and forth, and, like, sure enough, I hit a game winner. I was like – Fuck you, man. I'm baking this shit. (laughs) 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 And did you? Yeah, I baked it. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to tell me. You ain't going to come and come. I don't like, hey, man, I'll give you your props. You're a great player, like, way better player than I was, times 10. But you know, don't come onto my court with all of us, all of, all of our team working hard. Tell us we're not working hard. Like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. So it was kind of just like a get out of here kind of thing. But I do feel bad about it. I really do. See what? Do you yeah. remember that trash talking to Jay Williams? Do you yeah, remember? I remember that. I remember that. Do you remember thinking that Will was out of his mind maybe talking uh, that was, much trash? I was right with Will. Fuck that motherfucker. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, the whole team, the whole team was on that because like especially he, trouble and he was saying like how Duke was better than IU. It was like yeah, yeah. Especially after the first day, after he went back blue blood. After that. he went back and told Coach Cream that shit and did all that, we was like, man, fuck this dude for real now. Oh. <laughs> and you know what's really funny is the last time that Jay Will ran across Indiana. Uh, we beat him to go to the Elite Eight when they were ranked number one in the country in 2002 on Indiana's last Ended his career. Ended his career. Yeah, he was being a a dick. You agree, Cody? You remember all that Good on you. I I was throwing dirty screens everything. Like, we were all just, Uh, every one of us were going after him. He was torching me. I was the one guarding him. What are you guys (laughs) doing? I grew up idolizing the guy, and then he comes in and just kills me in practice. (laughs) He put me through the hardest shooting drill. I will say, me and Yogi, he put me through the hardest shooting drill I've ever done in my life, ever to this what day. It? it was like 13 minutes straight of a manager throwing you basketballs, and you shot as fast as you could, like moving, spot shots, everything. Just 13 minutes straight. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Wow. Shooting wise, it was crazy. But seriously, fuck Duke. But yeah, yeah. Fuck Duke. don't bring that shit into our house. Fuck Duke. Yeah, yeah, fuck Duke, man. They I, are like, oh, fuck Duke. If we've learned two things from this, it's fuck Duke and fuck the cutters. Because Derek mentioned something earlier that I'd like to get a little more a glimpse of. He goes, I don't know which Harbaugh said it, but 
now we know that Coach Crean was married to Joni, uh, yeah. sister of Jim and John. So how much were those guys around? And, and what did that bring to your locker room, to your practices, whatever it was? Give us a little glimpse of, of that. We know Coach Crean is known for being pretty out there. But I think John may be a little more uh, uh, on the steady. But Jim's certainly known for being nuts. So give us some good Harbaugh insight there. Uh, who was it? Was it Corey? Was it Jim or was it John? So it was uh, it? Well, spoke, both of them came and spoke to us before they went and played in the Super Bowl. It was like Febu- yeah. late February, right? We it was a uh, for whatever reason we played like North Carolina Central late in the year yeah. during the Big Ten season, and he Jim sat on our bench and ran out stools during the bench for the guys yeah. to sit on. I remember, and I remember yeah. like he was hyping the bench up. He's down there. And he's like getting going crazy, yelling at our guys to have more energy. And the ref comes over and, and warns us and tells us to sit down. And then Coach Green comes down and kind of goes to Jim, like, hey, you need to chill. We can get a tech. And he's like, look down at us. And he's like, what do you mean you, we can get a tech? Like, how does that work? And I said, well, after they warn you, if, if you go too crazy again, they're allowed to tech you. And then he's standing up. He's going, let's get a mother deck. Let's get a tech. Let's get a tech. Nuts. So it was Jim. Jim gave the serial killer speech, and it was mixed in with serial killers and blood sucking bats. Yes, like with his team for the 49ers that year, they wanted to be serial killers. They wanted to be have their prep, you know, have their plan. They go in, they make the kill, and then they they zip up the bag, they cut up the body. Oh my god. And they, they put they put the they put the team on the kill wall like that's on that's on, that's on the kill list and then they kind of move on like he he had a mindset that now am I saying when he was on that speech was I ready to like do anything for him yeah I was I was fired up I'll but wait but wait Corey stop there because that's really my question I hear that and I think Ward and I both hear because we're not athletes and we're not in that <laughs> mode but we hear that and I feel like I would be like Jim from the office if that was happening I'd be looking at the camera <laughs> like what the hell is going on here <laughs> but but are all of you bought in a hundred percent when somebody is losing their mind telling you to be a serial killer or is anybody going this is batshit crazy literally batshit crazy <laughs> Cody what what do you think uh, a little bit. I mean, we're all competitive guys. You know, we might not go that extreme, but you know, it, it was very motivational, very well said. Like, just both of those guys have so much energy, and so yeah, like like Corey said, like I was ready to run through a wall after hearing that. But a little bit of it is like uh, this dude's lost his mind. <laughs> Jordy, Jordy, when you think about it back on it now, do you realize just how insane it was? Yeah, as store as Corey and you know everybody's reiterating the story i don't remember it being that crazy because like cody said i was so into it i was like let's go all right let's, let's, go. Go. let's zip up the body let's bag go rip some, let's yeah, go rip some bat heads off what, what did you well, say will we're gonna kill the guy he used the trident yeah yeah it, it was related <laughs> quickly it was a massacre of Purdue. Christian, what was your take on the Harbaugh insanity? What'd you, what'd you say? What'd, what'd you say? What, what, what was your take on the, the Harbaugh insanity? Oh, the same way these guys felt, you know. Yeah. Ready to do whatever, ready to run through the wall and play. Hey, that's just how it was, man. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I love, love the, about it. 
Stu, I told him about a, uh, uh, about zip them up, though. I can't remember, bro. You got to remind me, bro. I can't remember. You don't remember? Like, there was, that, there was, like, a team we played in the tournament that year. I can't remember who it was. The first round game, like, we were going to smack them. Like, we knew we were going to smack them, like, whatever. And, like, their whole thing was, like, zip them up. You guys don't remember that? Yeah, I remember that being a slogan, them telling us that, but I don't remember, like, who we No, nah, man, like, a whole game, like, every time, like, I'm de- definitely every time I scored, every time you scored, it was like, yo, yo zip that up, bitch, like, zip this up. Like. <laughs> I just love the idea of a bunch of, like, 18 to 21, 22-year-olds leaving a locker room, looking at each other, going, are you a serial killer? Yeah, I'm a serial killer. Let's go serial <laughs> Hey, this is when Dexter was still on TV. So at that yeah, point, it was cool to be a killer. <laughs> That's right. That's totally right. Because yeah, they were killing bad guys. They killed Purdue. That that's a serial killer doing God's work. Uh, just <laughs> kind of a. They, they came in and talked to us. We had a lot of cool people that came in. Like Governor Pence used to always come to our games. John Mellencamp spoke to us the one time. Oh, that uh, was great. I mean, I what did the Coog have to say? Oh, this is great. If he ain't cheating, he ain't trying. That's it. <laughs> is that what he said? That's yeah, it. That's what he said. Meg Ryan both came to our practice, and they, you know, they sat up above and watched our practice. So anyone that comes to practice, Coach Crane gives them the floor to talk to the team, say whatever they want to the team. And so we we had, like, a team huddle to break up practice, and they tried to sneak out. And Coach said, no, no, come and, come and talk to the team for us. And so they're they're both kind of like super awkward, like not making really eye contact. And Coach Green's like, say whatever you want to the team. And he was like, uh, all I gotta say is uh you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> and that was it. That was there was no more to it. That was it. Coach Green's like, all right, everyone introduce yourselves and uh, have a good one. <laughs> now, he gave he gave my commencement speech. He gave our commencement speech out at Memorial Stadium. He comes out, takes his gum out of his mouth, throws it into the orchestra pit where there were musicians, <laughs> kind of rambles on for a while about not like like bowing to the industry. He meant the music industry, but whatever you go into. And so he said, in conclusion, to sum it all up, what I'm telling you, the graduates of 2000, is don't kiss ass. And then he walked off the stage, and we were all just like, uh, all right. <laughs> so I think even when he has time to prepare, he doesn't know exactly how to address things. The only thing that would make the Coog story better on If You Ain't Cheat, You Ain't Trying is if afterwards Meg Ryan was like, now let's go out there and be serial killers. <laughs> like, we need Meg Ryan to motivate the hell out of the team. That's what I want to hear. Um, All right, so I just want to kind of go quickly. Look, we've talked a little bit about, we know that the Michigan game at the end, and we'll we'll touch on that because I want to get everybody's thought on that. But other than that game, what one moment, uh, like joyful moment from on the court sticks out to you guys? It could be a team moment or an individual moment where you hit a big shot or something happened. As you think back on that season, not counting the, the Michigan what really stands out to you? Uh, Jordy, let's start with you. Nah, Siwa only has individual moments. Siwa doesn't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not true, bro. <laughs> um, I thought um, 
Yeah, you're talking about our last season. So that's when we beat Michigan State at Michigan State, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was a huge uh, moment for us. Um, it's obviously really hard to go in there and win. IU hadn't done that in 20 seasons, I believe, or something like that. Uh, so for well, us to – you score? How many points did I score? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I know I had I had a three from about half court. That's oh, all that's I, crazy. Crazy. I knew it. That was crazy. Yeah. Okay, I'll shoot it. Thanks. Um, but I, as far as us in the Big Ten, getting a big road win like that, I think as the team, just to show, like, we can go in a tough environment and win big games, and that's going to help us down the road. Once we get later in the Big Ten, obviously it did help us to win at Michigan. Uh, but, you know, in the tournament, wherever it may, may have been, I thought that was a huge win for us. And, um, yeah, I, from the beginning of the season, we thought we could beat anybody. Uh, so that was never the issue. But uh, always helps have a little bit more confidence getting a big win like that. Cody? Uh, I think I think what's even cool about the Zoom call is, like, you guys are doing a great job trying to keep us on track, but we don't re we don't remember like the the games so much. Like when we right. talk about when we get back together, we talk about like the practices, like the you know the forty minute individuals that would go three hours. We would talk about <laughs> like the the fights practice that we'd have. Like the stuff behind closed doors are the memories that we have together, and why we've become so close and stayed in touch. Uh, obviously, the fans remember, like, you know, the big wins. Those were obviously fun for us. But that was just kind of, uh, you know, kind of leads up to, uh, you know, all the work that we had done behind closed doors and the relationships. Like, after after practices, we'd spend, like, at least for me, I'd spend, like, an hour, hour and a half just, like, at my chair in the locker room just, like, hanging out. Yeah. And so that was, yes. that was the most fun times of just in the locker room after practice. Uh, you know all that stuff. So those are the most, those are the biggest memories. For me. Well, real quick, I just want to because because Will was busting Jordy in that game. Jordy went four of six from the field, four of six three pointers, had twelve points in that game at Michigan State. Yeah, it's just a shocker that Jordan remembers that game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember how many points I scored. Wait, so now I want to go back to something Cody said because I I don't think this happened your um, sophomore year, Cody. I think it happened your freshman year. When you came on the podcast, you told us about, I think it was after either the Maryland game or the Michigan State game, something, where you really got called out for not being tough enough in, in the Big Ten. And then you, you ended up having, like, a fight with one of your managers because you uh, just were not going to let it die. Do you guys uh, remember this incident where Cody – and which manager was it? Mike Santa. I would love uh, somebody else's perspective on that moment and what you witnessed when that was all going down. It was, uh, it was after Minnesota. Um, we got, got beat storm in court at Minnesota. Oh, okay, it was Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, Christian, I'll tell do you remember? Anyone else? I, I remember the fight, obviously, but I, don't, I can't, like, oh. KB remembers. The dramatics sure. leading up to it or something like that. Go ahead, KB. I remember where I stood because I remember – Santa was had got into it and he was he was he lived his life on just being a hard worker he was unbelievable and he was this tough kid he always fought and he always kind of had this edge to him well when they get in the scrum scrums in our practices everybody rushes to the scrum and you kind of circle <laughs> it. You're not just like fighting like there's a basketball and you're trying to see who pulls it apart and we're all it's like a it's like a 
you're like in third grade and there's a fight and everybody just kind of goes around the fight and it's like, yeah. So they're, they're in the scrum and they're pulling. Well, all of a sudden they kind of flip and now like Cody's arm is kind of around Santa. And I see he's got a hold of Cody's arm and he's trying to pull his arm off. And there's this moment when he realizes he's not strong enough that there's this hopeless, just like, I'm going to die. <laughs> he just lays there like, this is it. This is how it goes. And then at that point, Cody let go. But yes, no, I remember it vividly. Wait, so <laughs> there's got to be more of these scrums that happened over the Oh, year. man. Will she, he, and D. Mark Michelle, that fight? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> tell us. Tell us. We need to hear this. Let's hear it. I don't know what it, I don't know what happened, but this guy Guy and I, I, for anybody who remembers yeah. Guy Mark, he didn't really get cleared uh, to play with us, but he was a huge help uh, in practice throughout the year. And I don't know what happened, but him and Will got into it, and this guy Guy was every bit of seven foot with about a seven, two or three weeks man, and he was Will got scared. It was the same thing. Like there was this big scrum and everybody goes to the middle of it. And this time we were just like, oh shit, Will's about to get his ass beat. This guy, he, <laughs> he was like seven foot, 260, 270. I mean, he was a monster. And stopping Guy was, it was hard to do. That shit was fun to watch right there. Uh, Will, <laughs> Will, tell us your perspective of going one-on-one -on -one against the uh, monster, Guy Mark Michelle. No, I didn't want any part of that. If there was like a scrum in practice, like I just like I'm like a rabid dog. Like I want to get in there just to see like wh where I stand in the wolf pack. You know what I'm saying? And I, I bit off more than I could chew on that one. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I don't think like the fans realize and like. Like, even, even, like, the freshmen that come in, I think. Because when you're in high school, like, most of the times if you get a scholarship to IU, like, you're the best player on the team. And, like, everyone just kind of gives you the ball. Just like what we did with Cody on our team the whole time. There. <laughs> 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 yeah, let me also talk on that. Like, Cody's like, all the games were the same. Because all the games were the same to him. It was just give him the ball and let him score every <laughs> Him, like, him or Siwa on the elbow. Let Siwa yeah. ISO from the elbow. Like, Siwa and Cody lived this amazing life at IU. It's just <laughs> <laughs> well, I told this like a couple weeks ago. In, in film, I used to have a tally of all the times when we were watching film, all the times that Will passed you the ball. And it wasn't many. We used to <laughs> be like, the, the total of the season was like three times Will passed you the ball the entire season. <laughs> Uh, wait, but Will, finish your point. You were saying that, that high school kids, you know, you, you, you were the best player on your team, so you live kind of a charmed existence, and then you get to Indiana. Yeah, like, I don't think, like, the fans even realize, like, how many fights actually happen in practice because the coaches, uh, like, their livelihood is how, how many games you win, right? And, like, as players, as 18-year-olds, like, you, you don't uh, understand that, you know, because you don't have any re real responsibilities, um, so like the coaches try to trick you into thinking that like you're fighting for like this, like bigger prize than like their paycheck, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and so they like, they try to motivate you like to your, your breaking point, almost like the army kind of like, I'm not comparing, but like the same type of situation where like they try to push you to your, your, your absolute like maximum to where 
And when you're getting pushed to that point all the time, like you get angry and like you get pissed that you're like constantly in the state of like uncomfortable. And there is a fight every day. Like <laughs> that year, that, that yep. year in practice, there's a fight every single day. Some way wow. or another, yeah, for sure. But a lot of people don't realize was like, and I think I went on and said this on my podcast, like the fight usually got practice to end. Yeah. <laughs> you know honestly like if it was a fight or something like that's what really ended the practice that or Corey happened to dunk <laughs> wait Christian, you seem like such a laid-back guy like one of the most laid-back guys i've ever come across in my fandom of indiana did you ever get into a fight yeah Oh, yeah. I used to get into it all the time. I used to get into it all the time, but uh, actually, a fight, fight. Um, what I mean, you and Jeremiah Rivers? Those you and Rivers. Let me get it out. Let's hear it. Let's hear it from CY. Nah, me and Jeremiah got into it. That was about it. Um, I can't remember what we fighting for, but we was basically fighting with the basketball anyway. So I said. <laughs> You know, fuck the basketball. We might just just fight. Threw <laughs> <laughs> a couple punches, man. But it's like, you know, everything. It, it, it ended up breaking it up. Me and Jeremiah got close after that. We got obviously our relationship got better after that. But uh, I mean, I, I'm with Will, bro. It's just like the coaches kind of like you know, kind of make you feel like you, you fight for more than than what you really are once you you know get in that round of things. But. but Wait, well, Cody, I'm, 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 I'm curious on um, yeah. oh, Cody, would you have? Yeah, whole, whole MO is like what makes the guy tick and he was all about like having your edge so like if we didn't play well one week he'd be like oh we gotta get our edge back so for us that, that meant somebody's gotta fight so <laughs> that, that's what it ended up being so we had like the one you know one or two drills that we just knew was gonna lead to a fight and uh, so coach, that's kind of what coach Cream wanted to see. So there was one practice that we had like three fights. One of them, uh, one of them with, with Will, uh, after he got, after he got tossed out of the uh, Penn state game, I think yeah. coach Cream wanted to, wanted to see his, his temper a little bit more. So I think he, I think he sent Santa after you that time too. And yeah. uh, so, so coach Cream's whole thing was like, you know, to kind of, get under your skin and see how far he could push you. So that was the same thing for the time that me and Santa went after. It was like, you know, at some point, and Corey told me that a couple of years ago, it was like, let's see how far we can push Cody. Uh, so yeah, they figured it out. That's how far it well, went. Well, well that, and that feeds into the question I had, which is you guys were the, the best IU team of the last 18 years. You were the, the number one team in the country for, for the majority of that season. But, you know, as things as things ended as they did, as you all mentioned at the beginning, still a little salty, bitter, bitter how the season ended. I'm wondering how much do you give Coach Crean credit for getting you to be such a great team through that edge, through that aggressiveness in practice? And how much was that why you got to that point? But do you also feel like maybe you could have gotten further, maybe it would have ended differently? if he hadn't pushed you so hard and made you so combative? I think, I think uh, you look you at the smile on Will's face. Look at the smile on Will's face. Just dying to say something, you know, just dying to wondering if he should. 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny that you go think ahead, that like, go ahead, Cody. Don't let Will talk. <laughs> don't let Will talk. No, go ahead. Why? I know I know this is your, your topic. I mean creeping your uncle. This is on this is on Cody, bro. This is on this is on Cody. Cause I don't know. I mean I, it could have went either way. Like I don't yeah. feel like we needed I don't feel like we needed we needed that much. At that point, yeah. that we were, that we, I mean, we were seniors at that point. I don't feel like we needed it like we did our, our sophomore and our freshman year. I felt like we was kind of already through that, so he didn't really have to, like, you know, you know, push guys into the corners and make them, you know, lash out at people and make them react, you know, ways that they don't that they don't usually react. So I don't know. It could have gone either way. I mean, that's that's part of I, don't, I, don't, I guess that's part of coaching. I mean, live and you learn. Yeah. I guess. I think I can speak for everybody when I say, like, the year we went uh, to the Sweet 16 and Kentucky beat us our junior year, Corey's senior year, that whole tournament run was just, like, it was just fun. Just things changed throughout the season. And when we went to the tournament, it just seemed like, you know, it almost was like, how look how far we've come from when we all got there. Look where we're at now. And it was like, I can't believe we're advancing Everybody had us losing, and we somehow won. We beat VCU because of Christian and Will. It's like it, we get to like, Kentucky, and it's like, you know what? We, we came across a team that we had beaten earlier, but you guys did such a great job. And then when we got there our senior year, it just seemed like attitudes were just completely different about the whole situation. Uh, I, and I've talked to other friends who are – you know, on different teams. Um, and, you know, during the season, everything's always tough. But when you get to the tournament, there's a flip that gets switched. And, uh, like, the coaching staff is just more like, you know, you got to get lucky when you get to the tournament. And and it just attitudes changed. And for us, junior year was a lot of fun. And then senior year was just, like, more of, like, business. I, I think it was, like, a panic. Like, Obama chose us number one. So, like, there was so much pressure. Like, it just had a different feel to it. Hmm. Will, you're you're nodding in agreement with that. Will, you're nodding in agreement with that. Yeah, that yeah, that's facts. That's facts right there. Like, I, I I'll give it to Crean. Like, Crean recruited me. He brought me to IU. I love him for it. He was a good coach. I I loved playing for him. Like everything, all of that. Like, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change meeting these guys. Wouldn't change any part about it. Like. I could get emotional. Like I, I love these dudes. Like I would never change any part of my experience. Not one second. Um, Except for but, maybe trying to fight Guy Mark Michelle. Yeah, that, was, that, that part was probably pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but like, I do think, you know, everyone makes mistakes, you know, cream's not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, you know? And I would say just like the one, the one mistake out of all the great things that cream did for all of us that are talking here today, I would say the one mistake that he made um, was toward the end of that year, like what Derek's saying, like it kinda, we kind of, and I don't know if it's just him or like mainly just Corey, cause he was like a coach. So he kind of like took the head coaching role toward the end. So <laughs> really, um, but yeah, it just wasn't fun. Like, like Cody can tell you more than I can because like he even like, he had so much more going for him and Vic and all those guys, like, and, and Christian too, like their draft stock was high, like everything. And like, it just, the, it wasn't fun. Like there was a lot of pressure. It was like, we were playing with like a target and we, we, we caved, like we choked, you know? And like that whole thing of like, don't choke, don't lose. Like it, everyone felt that like, it was like this, a 
bubble that was going to pop. All the IU fans were like, this is the year. We felt like it was the year. And, like, we just kind of played scared. And, like, it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. And practice weren't fun. The whole, the whole experience that year in the tournament was not fun. Cody, mm-hmm. do you, did you feel that as well? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Coach Cream was good for, for me. I always say, like, he was really hard on me individually and, and Vic, uh, maybe not as hard as he was on some of the other guys. But, uh, but I, I give him credit for, like, I, I, I'm confident that I can get through anything now because of what I went through in Bloomington, whether it was what Coach Cream put me through or the pressure of playing on, you know, a big stage, whatever it is. Uh, so in that aspect, I was, you know, we were super competitive. We all knew that we had to get better and coach Crane, you know, fed into that competitive edge for us all. So with that being said, I think, uh, I think if I had to change one thing, I think, um, he would have given us more freedom to play. We had so much talent and I don't think that he had had a team that had that much talent. And so he is good with, you know, X and O's as far as like, you know, not having his players think too much and making every move for him, having, you know, 300 plays and letting us, okay, this is exactly where you're supposed to go, very structured. But for our team, uh, especially that year, we had so much talent that I kind of wish he would have just let us play more. You know, we had we had a great chemistry, let the ball move. And I think to, to Will's point, it was, you know, as, as uh, we got near the end of the season, we had been practicing so hard in that, competitiveness was great in the summer and early on but it didn't it didn't taper off as he got towards the uh you know the yeah. end of the ten and, and the uh so like the, the Ohio State game we lost um you know on senior night chance to win the big 10 our toughest week of practice during my two years was that week between Ohio State and Michigan and they, you know we obviously were able to come out with the win you know a very memorable game but I mean, we were, I'm, I was exhausted during that game, just from the week of practice. Mm-hmm. Like the I, don't think I, ever, like, I don't think my legs ever felt like more dead, yeah. getting ready to play a game. Yeah. And yet, and yet, outside of beating Kentucky, you know, the Cody, your freshman year, Jordy Christian junior year, and Will's sophomore year, Derek junior year, one of the biggest, maybe the single biggest win that you guys had in your careers was at Michigan to close out the 2012-13 season and win the Big Ten outright for the first time in 20 years. So this is where, like, it all gets complicated, right? Because you were murdered for the week leading up, and yet you found something. Those last few minutes of that Michigan game, let's just go right there. I mean, I know, Cody, again, I I hear you about – you got, like, we as fans remember, I, I like to say, like, like the analogy of we remember the bricks that build the house and you guys remember the mortar that keeps it all together, the practices and the off-the-court stuff. We don't get exposed to that. But that Michigan game was emotional and stressful. It also came on the heels of hanging a banner at Assembly Hall where a lot of fans didn't feel great about that coming off of a loss. And so now you had a chance to actually win it outright instead of backing into it. What yeah. walk us through, you know, like you said, you were exhausted, but just any yeah. of you jump in, walk us through the end of that Michigan game. To, to finish, to finish the thought, not only that, that week leading up to the Michigan game, but then I think it was uh, the big 10, uh, we lost to Michigan or we lost to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And that was another very long talk in the locker room afterwards. Uh, 
he was telling he was telling me and Dick that we needed to go pick out our our uh, three piece suit for the draft. I didn't know we were gonna. <laughs> We're gonna be out here years. Uh, saw did, stuff. Did you so, respond? But, I, I'm more of a two piece guy. The 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 point was like every loss that we had, like the sky was falling. So like Will was saying, like there was a lot of pressure on us. But I think that um, you know some of us felt like it was slipping away. That you know, we lose lose it uh, against Ohio State. We lose against Wisconsin. Uh, we barely sneak by against Temple uh, in the tournament. So. I think those last month or two, it was like, you know, we kind of felt, felt it slipping away and it was almost like we need to work harder. We need to, you know, so that wasn't as much fun, uh, like, like Will said, as that, that first year. Um, but yeah, so back to your, your point, the Michigan game was, was a ton of fun just because we, um, you know, a, a crazy atmosphere, you know, we'd won the first game. I don't know how many NBA guys were on the court that game. Like not eight or nine, I think. So it should have it should have been ten. I got robbed, man. Should <laughs> <laughs> have been like eleven, though. Like for real talk. Yeah, tell them what. But I mean, when when you go to IU, that's what you dream of doing: playing on a big stage, chance to win the Big Ten. So somehow we found a way to win. We needed a little bit of help from some missed free throws and. And stuff, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a memorable game for us. Jordy and Christian and Derek, who had been there four years, and Corey. I mean, now you're you're coaching, but but you had been there during the worst of worst times in the history of Indiana basketball. Thank you. For I mean, what <laughs> what did that? But now you're there at the peak. I mean, winning mm-hmm. a Big Ten championship, and you know, we've talked to lots of guys who played for Coach Knight, and. All of them say that Coach Knight's number one priority every single year was we win the Big Ten. Like the NCAA tournament will take care of itself, but the focus was win the Big Ten. That meant everything. And you guys do that on so You guys do that on someone's. What Jordy, you know, Christian and Derek and Corey weigh in on what that felt like. Yeah, it was pretty um, awesome to finally see the rewards from our, all our hard work over the four years. Um, wasn't easy for sure going into it, uh, but to finally get the Big Ten championship that everybody so desperately wanted, the fans desperately wanted, the coach, like everything kind of just all came together and there's no way that we should have really won that game. Like Cody mentioned, like it's the first time I've really went back and watched it. It's been on the Big Ten network nonstop uh, during this quarantine and stuff. And just going back and watching the game is crazy how it just unfolded and they missed some free throws. Cody came up huge at the end of the game, just bucket, bucket, bucket. And, um, you know, so just for us to end it that way after having a disappointing loss at home um, that we felt, you know, that would have been really cool to win it at home now, win it outright that way, made it harder on ourselves. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was definitely um, something that we all dreamed about, something that we, you know, talked about as a team before a season started, as the season was going, you know, one of our goals to do that and to actually accomplish that was, was pretty special, especially with the group of guys that we had. Because as you see, like, we're all still here. We're still buddies. We still all talk. And that's what we talk about, the, the, those little moments off the court for sure. But definitely, like, the big-time wins like that are, are really, really special. 
I mean, we we had already cut the nets, so we like had to win. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, I, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about trash talk earlier. There is a classic moment of trash talk from our coach at the end of that game where he runs up to the assistant coach on Michigan who used to be the assistant coach during the last year of Kelvin Sampson and talks some trash to him. Did you guys as a team hear, hear about that and laugh about it? Was that like anything that, that became a thing for you guys or was it not a big deal? I wasn't a big deal. I, I ain't really know nothing about it. I think I've, I think I seen it on social media or something after, but during the game, I didn't even really recognize yeah. what was going on. Did you, Corey? Do you remember that? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <I remember. laughs> Corey, what do you remember, Corey? I wasn't one of the ones holding it back, but I was in the line when it all went down. Uh, but yeah, no, we were, like they said, you were you were trying to get back to the locker room because we, we want to celebrate. So we, it, all of a sudden that was going on out there, none of us even really realized. We were just kind of running in. But like Christian said, it got hyped a little bit afterwards. Uh, real quick, because I want to close the loop on the, uh, the skirmishes and fights that happened. We did not hear about a skirmish or fight involving one Jordan Hulls. Did any? Did Jordy get himself into any fights or skirmishes? Jordy, you ever get really pissed off in practice? And it oh, I get well, pissed off. Yeah, punch? for sure, I'd get mad. But I'm in never gonna, I'm never going to sure. punch anybody. I mean, I have to shoot, so I'm never going to play if I break my hand. So I'm never going to punch. Um, Cody never did the towel drill, but that was a drill that we did my freshman and sophomore year for sure. Will, did you do, you did that? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that. Doing that with T. John Job was quite the treat. Um, wow, Tom Pritchard. <laughs> Walk us through stuff. for yeah, those describe, that don't know. describe that. Tell the time. You just girl. throw me around like a rag doll, and then I'd eventually be smart enough to let go. And but no, actually, and then how, I'd have to do like a seventeen how, on the side for not winning that battle. <laughs> Wait, but Jordy, Jordy, tell tell the viewers, the listeners, how the towel drill actually works. So correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but we like, it's basically a rebounding drill and you're set up on the wings. Okay. It's just one-on-one and the towel is hanging over the rim. Okay. So me, I can barely jump up there and grab it anyway for me to win. But all we, he says, go and we just sprint and whoever comes down with the towel first, you, you win. So the real, the real, it's like a tug of war. The reason behind the towel drill is the classic, what Will said, it was the 40 minute workouts that lasted two hours. You technically don't have to start the clock until basketball is in play. So therefore we would start the individual workouts with 20 or 30 minutes of rebounding a towel and then doing a scrum for it. Cause that's stretching. Conditioning. Uh, <laughs> wow. Will, Will, I would think you would like the towel drill. Ah, man, the towel drill ain't no fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucked up my shoulder. My shoulder still fucked up behind the towel drill. <laughs> For real? I swear to God, bro, my shoulder, like, I can't remember who I was doing it with, but somehow my shoulder got yanked out a little bit. It's still messed up. That one, line rebounding. That Those are two, man. Those two. Oh, line rebounding. Yeah. yeah. Line yeah. rebounding. Wow. So, you know, I, I want to mention him because we just ran into some scheduling issues, but Vic was going to join us. But without him being here, obviously, he was a big piece of that team as well. Can you guys just take a second to tell us uh, 
you know, something about Vic behind the scenes. We all know that he sang all the time, constantly singing. But what did Vic mean behind the scenes on, on that team as well? What kind of guy was he off the court? I mean, he obviously he worked his butt off that, that one summer where he kind of took off. He was in the gym nonstop. See why you lived with him. I mean, you'll you'll know more than than any of us. But uh, basketball wise, for sure, you know he's a great dude. He he put in the work. He was overlooked his his whole high school career, even into this college career. So it was really cool to see him like put it in that work. Um, but off the court, you know, like you said, he liked to sing. He still likes to sing. Um, he's on the mass Singer. He does all this, you know, this, this stuff. Uh, but he, he, overall, you know, he's a great dude. Um, and I, obviously he, he did a lot for us. Um, but Siwak can probably attest to more stuff off. off yeah, the he was, he was self-motivating man, bro. Like he, like I tell you, I tell everybody, like he's the one person I know that really like in one summer, like really, you know, changed his whole game and made himself into, you know, the lottery pick that he, that he became. I mean, it was all about my work. Um, you know what I'm saying? And he really, he really did, really did put the work in, really self-made, really did, uh, you know, go, go through with it. But, um, I mean, he's a great guy, bro. I lived with him for two years. I was one of my best friends, man. Great guy. Give you the shirt off his back. Gonna sing, gonna have fun. But I mean, that's just Vic, bro. It's just, it's just, that's just Vic. And I think we all grew to know how he was and stuff like that. So, you know, he's gonna give you everything he got out on the court and, you know, we, Love playing with him, enjoy playing with him. All of us did, and we all, you know, benefited from having him on the court for sure. So before we let you guys all go, what else do you want to, when you think back, when when you're not talking to two idiots wearing Indiana jackets and you're just talking to yourselves, uh, like Cody talked a little bit about, you guys remember the practices and stuff. Anything else that just stands out to you? Any stories or, or funny moments that stands out to you about those two years or even since? Like, I know, I think everybody on this call was at Jordy's wedding, right? Except for us, of course. I mean, yeah, we would have been invited. If you, if you would have told me you had those blazers, you would have for sure been invited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could have seen it. But uh, and, and just anything that, that, you know, as fans, we love – we have loved to get to know all of you guys off the court. It's really been what's been most fun about the podcast is just getting a sense of the personality and the camaraderie and the fun. But anything else that sticks out to you about that team or that group from that year or since? Yeah, like the how many of us are on this call right now? The four of us, five of us, whoever it is on this call. Like, yeah, we're the most. Yeah, we're we're the we were like you know the the most handsome and like scored all the points, but. All the all the other guys on the team, Tom Pritchard, before that, Daniel Moore, Corey, who laid like the foundation even for us to come in and taught us how to how to be college kids, how to, you know, like work hard, go to practice, do things. And then all the walk-ons, Jeff Howard, Taylor Ware, Ralph Smith, yeah. all those dudes, like they don't get enough credit because like, yeah, we get to go on these cool podcasts. We get to talk about like how awesome it was to score and all that. And we got it, but Man, those dudes gave the ultimate sacrifice. They came to practice. They did all the dumb shit that we're talking about, and then they didn't get to play in the games, and they didn't and they paid for their own school. Like, it, they, those guys and the managers even more. The managers even yeah. put a joke. So, like, we'll, we'll take the credit because, like, I was a baller, so I, like, I did my thing. But, <laughs> but no, but on the real, on the real, like, those dudes deserve to have 
equally as much credit because like they put in just the same amount of work and they just did just it's shown on TV. That's yeah, all man, I got to Shout out to the Walgreens, man. Shout out Jeff Howard, Ralph. Yeah. Green Squad. Green Squad. Green Squad. Johnny Moreland. Yeah, Green Squad. Jay they want they won they won us a lot of games, bro. A lot of people don't know that, but they was they scouting shit was great. I mean, we had great scout team players, bro, that could probably go play at some small division colleges for real. They they, they went in the battle and they helped us out every day. The the yeah. one matchup, even when people ask me today, they're like, who's the toughest player that you don't want to match up with? Jeff Howard is always my answer. I mean <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but but really Jeff used to give me a good matchup in practices, but I mean, for real, like that green squad was like, they were good players. So, I mean, they'd go at us. They would, you know, they'd have bloody noses and dive on the floor and same thing with managers. Managers would be there. They'd be all bloody. They'd be on the on the line running, everything else. So, uh, yeah, shout out to them for sure. And, and I also think that's one of the coolest parts about like our group is that none of us are like, we're not too cool to say like, the managers and the, you know, the GAs or whoever it was, the walk-ons, they all helped us win games. We couldn't have been as successful as we were, just like everybody's saying, without those guys. And I think, you know, it's, a, you know, it's awesome that the coaching staff really made sure that these managers and walk-ons understood their role and their role was to make us better. And that's exactly what they did. And uh, I'll be forever grateful for all the, the friendships that we were able to build, whether or not they played a single minute or, if we won all these games, yeah, we did. But the like what we've been talking about this whole thing is the practices, the after in the locker rooms, the the fights. You know, we can agree to disagree on a lot of different things, but I think, like Will said earlier, we can 100% never take any of those seconds back. We we would do it all over again, um, and I think it's just really special, and it, it it shows here with all these guys that we have on the podcast, and we could have for sure had other guys, I'm sure. Um, but like, you know, Matt Roth, even too, the, the guy who comes in just it's slower than molasses, but, you know, shoots the crap out of it. And it, it, we, we had every role covered and everybody knew what the role was. And I think that's what, what really made us special. And we built that culture. The, the guys before us built that culture. And, you know, n- none of that stuff would have happened without that firm foundation in the beginning. A lot of the times you look back and you see like a lot of these conversations and these group messages that we have. They all start because someone sees an old video, an old 2010 Indiana basketball weight room video, and it's, you know, it's me carrying Tom Pritchard on my back up the stairs, or, you know, we're in the weight room going around the craziest weight you could ever think of. And it's like, look how, dumb, I mean, we're bear clawing up the side of a hill. It's like, look how dumb we look, but just look what we were going through and what we did day after day. And it's just like, that's that's the stuff that's what you were talking about eric that's the mortar that we're just we look and we laugh back on it now but it's what it's honestly it's like it was kind of in a weird way that was heaven a couple of years ago that was i mean you woke up and you were doing it with your boys and and uh you know you wouldn't have had it any other way uh and and of course before we we go just to settle it who had the best hair on the team was it jordy or will 
Well, I had Jeremy No, it was Derek. Derek had the best hair. Oh, Derek, Derek, no, yeah, Derek, Derek cut his own hair and it looked really bad, D. I'm sorry, but mine <laughs> was not <laughs> great. Tell me until Christian and introduced me to Beat Dunn. And then my but if was it was gone. now, I'm going with me. Hey, once we, once we yeah, Jordy looks right. sharp. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't right. know. Ward, Ward looks like he's rocking the Jordy. Ward looks great. And I can't yeah. even grow that. So that's even better. There you go. <laughs> well, guys, listen. Uh, again, Corey, this is the first time we got to talk to you, but we've gotten to know everybody else. You guys are just, you're one of the favorite teams of us personally and of Indiana fans, not just because of what you did on the court, because of the way you carried yourself. Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad we didn't see you at frat parties, but wearing fuck cutter shirts. But beyond that, uh, we have just loved following all of you, whether it's Corey working with Alfred, you know, out in Nevada or Christian following you through your brother as well and rooting for success for him, or Will and Jordy internationally, Cody clearly uh, in Charlotte, and Derek with your career coaching at Indiana and now heading out into the private world. We root for you guys beyond basketball because we love you. We love what you did for Indiana, and we love what you continue to be about. So this has been a ton of fun. Ward, you got any uh, parting thoughts? I, I do. It's it's more of a question and a hope as to when this reunion may be expanded to include even more of the players, the managers. Leave it up to you on the coaching staff. When can it happen for real in real life uh, in Bloomington, where maybe we could get uh, you know we could get some fans back there, so you know that we're representing so many Indiana fans who remember that season so fondly and would, would to love to see you guys bust each other's balls in person. In person. We got Can we uh, make that? Yeah, we got to get that. We got to, we got to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's we, do we, it. We talk a lot of, we talk Come a lot home, of shit. Baby. What's up? Come home. Let's, let's, what do we say we commit to doing it in, I mean, obviously, the NBA season and, and international season is going to get in, in the way of this a little bit. But in 2021, whether it's after the 2021 season, uh, NBA season, maybe we can figure out a time to all figure out a reunion back in Bloomington, get some fans together, and make it a big event. We would be happy to help put that together if you guys are in. We're in. I'm yeah. for sure in. Yeah, we in. I love it. Oh, no, it depends. Depends how much you pay me. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys. Well, go IU, and thanks again. Good luck to everybody, and be safe for the rest of this quarantine. Yeah, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us, man. Hey, man, Black Lives Matter. I know y'all. Hey. No, I know. I see a lot of black people on here. I know I'm the only black one, but I see <laughs> but Derek over there. I see him, but Will down there. But Black Lives Matter, man. I appreciate y'all voice support. What you see? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. All right, bro. Appreciate it, man. Nice seeing y'all. All right, fellas. Be good. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. I love you, CY. All right, bro. Love you, too. 14. <laughs> I, don't love, I don't love you, Corey. Are you still on here, Corey? No, Corey's gone. You got to pick up that kid from the airport. Are you on here, Jordy? Yeah. I love you, too, Jordan. <laughs> you got something to say? Well, I just said I love you. Who else is on here? Cody's on here? Yeah, love you, bub. Love you too, Cody. I uh, even said, who else is on here? Derek's on here. I can't see him on my phone. Just, just no, Eric and Ward. Do you love us? Do you love us? Yeah. What about us, guys. bro?
I love you guys. You guys are cool dudes, man. I fuck with you guys. You guys are cool guys. <laughs> thanks. Well, uh, this is great. Will and Cody, especially, thanks for spearheading this to make this happen. Really fun. You got it. That was yeah, fun. man. Uh, Eric, start start pumping it out where we get one in person. That'd be fun. Like we'll at least do if it. You ever enough time. If you ever have enough time and we can put it on the calendar and say this is the date, then you got to work around it, you know. But if we, we keep- just got to wait for the NBA season now. That's the truth. The schedule is so screwed up with the delayed season. I want to I make mean, sure Will, Cody, and and uh, Vic can be back for it. Vic's, Vic's going to have to get no matter what. He's he's hit or miss. But I mean, I'll, be, I'll be there if I'm free. When, when is the season, like, maximum going to be done, Cody, next season? Like, it's got to be, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to be a time that you know it's going to be done. By. They're starting in December, right? Yeah, they're starting, like, a month and a half later. It usually ends, like, the middle of April is a regular season. And then you'd be more track of the June. European season then, Cody. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, George It may be, fun. like, September. It may, be, it may coincide with the IU season, truthfully. It may be October. No way. I mean, if it's a month, if, if it's a month and a half later, it'll end a month and a half later. So like August first, we'll be done, right? Yeah, maybe, we'll see. maybe. Yeah, Hardly. that would work. By the way, real quick, Jordy and Cody. Although I, I don't, yeah, I mean Jordy and Cody and Will, if you can figure it out, you know, they're still thinking. They're, they've still got this IU fantasy camp thing planned. That they're as of right now, they're still doing in August. Really? Yeah, as of right now, the pl- they want to do it in August. Uh, you guys should come back for that. It I'm is here. Blast. I know, Jordy, it is <laughs> It is fun. Cody, I don't know if that's possible for you. I know you're in Charlotte. But, Travel is difficult. But if you're not playing, I mean, it is an absolute blast. It's like 40 guys that are all IU fans that are just, you know, they're idiots like me and Ward who are just so happy that we can shoot a basket on Assembly Hall's court. And send me the dates whenever – send me those dates. I will. And, and by the way, if you want to get involved in it at all, they'd love to have you. You could even be a coach for a team or whatever. That'd like, be, yeah. They if would I'm love here for sure, I would love that. I'll like, send you the info. And, Will, I don't know if you're – I know you're working, so travel makes it difficult. But if there's any way for you to get there for a weekend, I'm sure – definitely not, I'm definitely not taking off work to go shoot baskets with you. But uh, – <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. If it's like a three-day weekend or something and Cody and those guys are going down there and you guys are going to be there, it'd be fine, yeah. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll send you the info. All Cuban, right, cool. Cuban was there uh, after my sophomore year. Yeah. We worked all over the fantasy camps. So really? Was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was there along with uh, Jared from Subway, which we don't. Mm. 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 Didn't work mm. out so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Be good. Uh, Have a good rest of your Sunday. Why do we get to do that? Why do we get to do that? I don't know, man. I, I mean, maybe it's like they need, they need an excuse. It needs to seem like it's, it's something beyond just, hey, let's get the guys together. It, like, it makes it sort of a formal occasion so they show up. And if we, we can provide that excuse for them to get together like that, Lucky us, lucky for the listeners. Totally. And and a really good chance for us to get to meet two people that we really had not. We did a little thing with Will Sheehy on a, on a video game charity thing that he put together. But we got to see Will amongst his teammates, and we got to talk to him a little and hear stories. And we're definitely getting Will on the podcast to do his own, because you feel like Will could do his own nine-hour show. 
Yeah, he um, might he he might become the new Hoosier hysteric and just take the show from us. He could, man. The guy's so entertaining. But it was good to see him. It was just so good to see the dynamic and also Corey Barnett, who played and then became part of the coaching staff. So great to see and still has a connection to Indiana in that he's working for Steve Alford at Nevada. But yeah, and and there's a guy, you know, who I don't remember, you know, seeing him speak on camera before. And so he's he's got, you know, charisma, intelligence, you know, really articulate with with stories from the locker room. And I'm like, well, well you know, that 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 wasn't even somebody I knew who was going to be there till I myself got on. I was having technical issues. So it was all <laughs> all very harried for me. But yeah, like what an impressive dude. How incredible was it to just hear them shit hammer Jay Williams? <laughs> and the whole Duke thing. I mean, seriously, I have never heard that story before. I don't think that story has been made public by anybody. What my favorite part about it, though, and we should tell people, like, we're doing this outro, uh, you know, the same time we did the intro, a week or so later. So I've had time to think about it. We put the video out, so I got to listen to it again. But you had, we, we had six guys, and we wanted more, but, you know, schedules are difficult to, to manage and coordinate. But we had six guys who are very different personalities. I mean, there is not, there is, a, there is just a grand canyon of difference between Cody Zeller and Will Sheehy and Christian Watford and Corey Barnett and Derek Elston. You know, I mean, there's just... Jordy Hulls. Jordy Hulls. They're just, they're totally different beings and different personalities. But hear this story of this guy from Duke coming in and saying, you're not as good as Duke. Here's what we do that you could never do. And all these disparate personalities kind of rallying around, oh, no, buddy, you don't come into our house and try to play that game on us. And they kind of all form this wall together. They were unified. And I love it. Like that to me is what you want from the team representing your school and it just made me so happy to hear them all like will's talking about just going after the guy and everybody's like yeah man cody's talking about setting illegal screens on them <laughs> like i just loved it watford's like i was i she he's my man i got his back i loved it i just absolutely that story to me encapsulates what this team and group of guys was about yeah and that was the last high mark of where Indiana was in the conversation with the other Blue Bloods. And I think we're all waiting for the day, and I think we all feel better about the, the, the timeline of when this day will come, that we are, are comfortably in that conversation, not as a Blue Blood because of what was done 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years prior, but what's going on right now? Because when, you know, UCLA looks like it it has its ship headed in the right direction but you look at Kentucky Kansas Duke North Carolina you know that that's the list Louisville. I'm gonna uh, I, I always don't feel like they quite belong on that list that's fair yeah I don't either I don't either yeah. but they're pointed in the right direction yeah yeah but but so if if that's the company we we keep historically the the whole dilemma of being a Hoosier fan is not having been in the modern day conversation 
except for this this one season and there were a couple other flashpoints with eric gordon and dj white or you know when we had it rolling against north carolina and and duke there at the beginning of what the 15 16 season was that that kansas like, oh, north carolina and kansas yeah, right yep that's what i meant so th- those were flashes but this and then you know obviously getting to the finals in 2002 but this this was the team that we were like yep great we're back right where we belong and it's kind of hard to believe it's been oh boy almost seven years since that high water mark so so let's leading yeah let's just plan on you know (sighs) i mean archie said it when we had him on he talked about like the single hardest thing is getting someone to say yes getting a recruit to say yes but he said you know but winning a game is on a different level and doing it consistently like winning consistently in the same place, it's just so damn hard. And if the last 25 years of being an Indiana basketball fan hasn't taught you that above everything else, nothing, we cannot take anything for granted. Nothing is inevitable and it is damn hard. And like you said, that team gave us glimpses of like, we're back and it falling apart the way it did hurt all the more because of where we thought we were. But it will feel all the sweeter when we can just sleep easy knowing year in and year out, we're going to the tournament. We can look at the coaches poll, the AP poll. No, we're usually in the top 10. Maybe it slips <laughs> to like the top 15 on, on but, but like I, this is where those other programs are. Yeah, like, it's true. I had a very rare down year. And of course, those will always happen. Even Coach Knight had those. But I, my goal in my life is to be a fan of Indiana where we go through a long coaching tenure, which I certainly hope is the one we've begun already. And just rest assured that that the floor is still in the tournament and and being somewhere in the rankings. I'm is with that, you, man. Is that too much to ask? I know. I, by, by God, at this point, is it just too much to ask to actually play a basketball season? Right. Like, right. let's Baby just get steps. a season. I just want to see the team play. I mean, we got robbed at the end of this year. It's going to feel like such a, like, winning the lottery moment if we just find out they're going to play the season. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? All these stories coming out of all these football programs reporting COVID-positive cases – like it's yeah. scary. University of Houston, they um, suspended all athletics because some guys tested positive. Like, well, that's knows? that's because of the coaching hire choices they've made. That's <laughs> that's true. Hey, man, bad luck follows you. Uh, anyway, what a blast it was to talk to those guys. And also, I want to make everybody know what we talked about at the end of doing an in-person 2012-13 reunion in 2021 trying to balance it in between the NBA seasons. That's real. These guys want to do it. We want to open it up to fans. Ward and I have talked about this becoming like our 2021 event because we would like to do an annual event. Obviously, this year is going to be a little uh, difficult because of COVID and, and Corona restrictions. But I think if we build this around getting most of those guys back, along with the rest of the IU family, like we did at, at the Bluebird, what a blast that would be. And, uh, there's some good ideas coming up about how we're going to do that and some different things we might build around the weekend. So we'll keep you posted on that. But as always, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. And this is for you, goons. 
no E, no I, but, but the sometimes, sometimes Y. Always harder on Zoom. <laughs> Always harder on Zoom. Thank you to the goons. Thank you guys. And we'll have another one for you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warren and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.